What's up, Mzansi? Welcome to it. Konamanjulalele is the rewind. Ngekamangobongani masego, the one, the only, be tenacity. Esaiti naming pete uponatako ponta malibye. Otula gamnandi, otlega gamnandi, plus hai wundum nandi, je. Ponta zini Hi, young hyper, young hyper, and you know what? I love it for me. I love it for me. Hi, guys. Hello, everybody. Mina unketa ngovu ya sega, ungena ngoksega kala, aungeni jengo bulisa, siaguza ulogo hefuza, siaguza utsuzo tega. Utsega nisisi njengo ba uti, uyekaza, wai utsega, ye. No, I was laughing at the fact that you said you're going to change your intro. Nyazama. Now yangeza uti nyazama. No, nyanyanyaguza yazama. I am trying really hard. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm okay. I'm okay. Actually, no. This week was just it's it's just a lot. But emotionally, people who know about the moon, the stars, and the full moon and whatever should come on and explain why the end of May has been so heavy. I feel like I'm not the only one. Every time I go online, people are like, "It's been a hard week for me emotionally." And I'm like, I thought I was the only one. Like I thought it was PMS, but no. Clearly, it's deeper than that because. I mean, I'm done and it's still lingering. So people who know about the moon and the stars and why they, you know, you know, the vibes must come in and tell us why the end of May has been so emotionally draining on my end and the people I've been watching. And how are you doing, Mungani? I'm doing quite all right. But before we get into how I'm doing, I just want to ask you, was it emotionally draining? Then you noticed people online were also saying the same thing. Or did you notice people online were talking about an emotionally draining um, month? And then it so happened that yours also started becoming emotionally draining as well. No, actually not even like, that's what I'm saying end of May. Because now this week I was just like, I'm so extra tired. Everything is just extra, but like not best with like the productivity, but more on just like you're forcing yourself literally to get things done and to move. Like the energy was just weird. So when I go on like randomly, maybe I saw KM's story. I saw even Pamela yeah. saying even last night that, you know, this week was whatever. And I was just like, then I read somewhere. Um, yes, it was um, Kay, Kay Yams who shared a thing about the eclipse and at this time and what year, you know, there was something around it. And I was like, it better be that because I wouldn't even know why I'm feeling like this. Usually I can like understand it. And when I journal, I would like, I can like write down my feelings and say, okay, this sadness or this fatigue comes from this. It trickled down to this and this is why I'm feeling like this. No, this one is just like straight up from nowhere. I'm like, I don't even understand. I can't even tell you why I'm tired or emotionally strained. I don't know. You know, I'm only asking because that's my biggest worry with social media. And it's why I try to start my day by reading the Bible every day. Because sometimes... Um, you honestly call these things in. And we say, Guti, yes, you profess it with the tongue. When you say it out loud, you're calling it in. But even you just reading something like that, waking up and reading someone say, oh, today's a bad day, um, can really start you calling that into your own day as well. So I'm only asking out of interest to know, mm. Guti, 
Is no, it no, not no, a feeling true. that has been imparted onto you compared to a feeling that you had inside? And it just so happened when you looked around you, everyone else was going through it. What star sign are you? I'm an Aries. Fire. Oh, it's it. Oh. <laughs> Sorry Malang for the trauma. Abby. Yeah? <laughs> Is that why you like saying fire personality? <laughs> My what? You always go on about fire personalities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, obviously, because I align with that. But I mean, I agree with what you just said. I just need to point out that I, I am point B. Because I did start that thing that you're talking about. Like, when we spoke about, like, starting your day, um, having, you know, read the Bible or either meditating. Like, being in control of my day first before getting having anyone involved in it yet. So, yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Well, it seems like the people, I'm a Sagittarius, have been having a rough week. I've been the good, um, can't complain. Um, Yeah, I've just been good, you know. Uh, The weather is getting nice and gloomy and cold and we're staying indoors. I think the one thing that's been very difficult is at work where we need, we're going into work now. Um, From working from home now, we we transition coming back to the office. I know, it sucks, um, but I'm... Um, but I'm very grateful So every Tuesday and every Thursday We're going oh, yeah. into the office And also it's not full on 8 hours It's um like contact hours The 5 contact hours Either from 8 until 2 Or from 9 until oh, 3 nice. Which isn't so bad you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and also here in Zilliland Traffic is not that bad also You know 20-30 um, yeah. minutes that's how you can say, okay, I was in traffic when it takes you that long to get home. So I'm not too complaining. I'm still trying to count my blessings one by one by one by one on my um, finger. But I will tell you, waking up in winter to go to work is the worst. I feel like I'm back at school again. Remember winter mornings when you are at <gasps> school? Those were one of the most difficult. Oh my goodness. It was the worst. Have, have you been winter shopping yet? Um, I haven't been winter shopping yet, but shout out to my sister. She uh, gifted me with some great, she actually bought some um, track pants that sweat pants actually that um she bought a small thinking she's a small and they're gonna fit her and they were a little too tight on her so she gave them to me i gave them a shot they look a little too they look a little <laughs> tight on me but only if you know you know that they yeah. tight if you don't know and you see me you'll just be like oh he's just wearing some skinny design or something like that mm-hmm. and i actually vowed to myself oh it isn't doesn't jeng my skinny jean Nan nan is skinny. Any skinny leg, anxiety is skinny. And this is something <laughs> I said to myself at least two years back. But trust and believe, I've got one skinny jean sitting in my wardrobe. And now I've got track pants that look like skinny sweatpants. Um more than but I guess all sweatpants have that skinny shape, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they do. Especially the ones with the elastic at the bottom. Yes, 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 yes. It's it's something along those lines, you know. I I can't even picture what bootleg sweatpants look like. <laughs> oh no, yes. <laughs> yes, I think it that I feel like in my head that's the only way they look. 
But you know what? Everything is so expensive. Hey, like... It is. Yo, it is. Like, we're even just looking at thrifting as a solution because everything is up. Yes. I mean, even if you buy, like, things that are more expensive, maybe we can buy more of your intimate stuff, like divestility, whatever, at shops and just buy jackets at thrifting. But, like, now, wow, it's just, like... I'm like, what the hell? But anyway. Yeah. I think let's leave it there for now. Let's get into word on the street and then we'll, 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 show. What do you think okay. about that? Here we go again. <laughs> let's go again. You're listening to The Rewind. Come on! Word on the street. Here we go again. It is Word on the Street, and this week we are asking you, when you are trying to make sure you have a productive week, what do you do on Sundays to ensure that your week is productive, it tip-tops, and um, nothing gets left behind? This one is a very difficult one for me. I tend to think I have routines to get my week being great, but I think what I've come to realize from, from my own personal experience is that I really just need to have a good Sunday. You know, For me, it's not mm. about packing the book. It's not about packing the clothes. It's not about making sure that the dishes are clean on Monday morning and there's not a dish in the sink. I really just need to feel like I have rested on Sunday. That for me is how I then prepare for a productive week ahead, which isn't the case all the time. You know, there are some times where you think that is possible, but it's not as possible as you think it is. Some Mm. Sundays you think I'm chilling. Only to realize on Monday that, oh, it wasn't as restful. I was running to the stores. I was Mm. doing this. I was doing that. I had this. We had a meeting at 6 p.m. to discuss the strategy of the podcast. Mm. You know, those sort of things tend to like get into the Sunday being relaxed. I'm just kidding, Punta. I'm actually just kidding. The producers are going to come for me, not Punta. Um, But... <laughs> but I, I just honestly need to feel like I relaxed. Like, oh, yes. Yeah. I was relaxed. That's all I did um, on a Sunday. And if I can get that feeling for Saturday as well, then that for me is the is a start to a productive week. But if I feel like, hey, mm. I see the weekend, Elena was too short. That's when um, the week doesn't feel as productive because I want to prolong the weekend. So Monday starts later. Then Tuesday, half of Tuesday is mainly me catching up on Monday tasks. Then Wednesday, mm. then it's just all a spiral, you know. recording. <laughs> 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 recording today. <laughs> <laughs> stressful, stressful. Yeah, I hear you, but that is true, though. Like, it, there's nothing worse than rush, feeling like you're rushing into the day, or every day feels like slavery. Yeah, yes. but I, I, I agree with you. That I never thought of that on on a Sunday. I've adopted this new routine that I don't do anything on weekends actually anymore. Like, unless it's like work or something, I don't. I t- I don't. I tell myself I don't want to do anything. Like, that's like feeling like. You know, Cinderella vibes. I remember my weekends used to be jam-packed with laundry. If it's not laundry, I'm cleaning my room. What, 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 what. Now I've said, everything's going to go in the week. So if I have time to fold my clothes while I'm watching YouTube, fold my clothes. Whatever, whatever, whatever. On weekends, I'm not doing this thing on Sunday where I'm trying to deep clean. What, what, like you're saying. By the time it's Monday, it's just like, yo. You know what I mean? So you if know, I can squeeze yeah. in 
I know my Wednesdays are like a little bit free. Then I, I know my laundry now. I st- stand to do it on Wednesdays. It's in the washing machine. I hang it. It's not like I'm sitting there the whole day washing it. So I put it on the machine, hang it, laundry done. Usually I iron my own clothes. I don't have a helper. Same day, if I have energy at night, I use whatever I can, wherever I can fit it. I can fit it. I want to fit it during the week. But this thing of even like groceries going, I just want Sundays to be just like relaxed. Like the most I'm doing is cooking, but the, the cleaning was done on Friday or something. Even at, if even if I must do it at night, Bongan, I'll do it. But I don't like this thing of spitty pity on the weekend. If it's weekend, it must feel like nice vibes. Like I went to a restaurant or I did this or I was taken away. I was, you know, but not like, yo, I must still do laundry. Yo, kind of, I still have, yo, uh, that just feels like too much. Already we've got five days dedicated. We barely have a weekend. And then I'm going to dedicate it to doing laundry and doing, and it's because we grew up like that. It was like the weekend was, especially Saturday morning or Saturday was reserved for we need to clean. I'm like, no, that's actually not how I want to do my life. If I have a helper, when I have a helper, everything would be done by Friday, ironing and everything, cleaning, deep cleaning. Mm. Weekend Bongani is just about me. If I want, if I have Mm. an assignment, I'll do an assignment. If I, but I don't want to be like how you're saying Sundays feel nice. Like you feel like you want to just lay down, drink wine, speak to your partner. Or, you know, just feel good. Like, if you want to go to church, even if church, I'd go to the earliest service. You know, the 7 o'clock yeah, one. That too. By 10, yes. I'm done. When people are coming in, that day is done on Sunday. So, for me, I agree with you. Like, just feeling like, yo. Also, you know, when you rush, especially like when you travel and you arrive on a Sunday, I don't like that. I'd, I'd even have, if I had a 9 to 5, yeah. I, would, I would have Monday off. Because I also don't like that thing. Then... It just feels like I'm not ready for Monday. Then Monday, you feel thrown in, like you're saying, then it's Monday, then it's Wednesday. Then that week feels crap. So even if I've got, I come from somewhere, I don't like the arriving on Sunday because I just feel like then Monday just feels like, yeah, I don't know. I love how you're touching on um, the aspect that we tend to forget that domestic work is work as well. Yes. And that's what we tend to give our weekends to. And you end up feeling so so tired on Sunday night yeah. meanwhile you haven't really clocked out you, you, you've you been working Monday to Friday Saturday night Sunday you know, for, so me in, for me in high school, one of the biggest um, moments when I know I've had a good Sunday is like you're saying, go to church early, seven o'clock service. I swear to you, going to the seven o'clock service revolutionized my life. We were home by 10 a.m. And I just felt like, why Sunday is only starting? What do you mean we're already home? Then there was um, um, home improvements. What's that that show? Home, home something. Home, home with bus driver. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. oh my goodness that was sunday entertainment gold and then you knew later on if i'm a kardashian type of vibes that was a good sunday and i love what you're saying right now is that we tend to work and work and work and do all this domestic work and we yeah. rebrand it and rename it self-care oh i'm doing the things i don't have time to do during the week because I during know. the week i'm so busy working for someone else i'm too tired to even work for myself then i work for myself on the week 
weekend, then I rebrand that as self-care and this is me taking care of myself. But yeah. by the end of me taking care of myself, yeah. I am always tired. And this is something I'm also realizing with being an entrepreneur. You know, hustle culture will tell will teach you Monday to Friday, work for the man nine to five. Maziti six o'clock when you get home, you're working for yourself as an entrepreneur. And on the weekend, you are grinding as well. That no. was something I've had to quickly learn with myself is that on the weekends, I need to restrict how much work I'm doing for my own personal business because it could easily become another nine to five day, you know? Mm-mm, Have you true. had that experience? I'm not, no, actually, I, I'm a firm believer. Like, I mean, yes, I like that thing of, but I, I don't know, maybe like the past two years, I maybe, let me say before COVID, maybe like mid 2019, I just told myself that, and it's something I like telling my mom, I'm like, you're, you're so hectic into Jesus, but you also need to take care of the temple because we can't, you can't thrive on like, because mm, maybe sometimes mm. she'll be like, um, having watching service and then she'll sleep at 10 wake up at 12 what i'm like sometimes that's not good enough Imagine. for god because you're also not giving the the best your brain is tired this of is yourself yeah so i just realized that no sometimes you just need to take care of yourself like especially this one bongani yeah sunday yo, na i even tell my mom i'm like no sorry i'm not doing that the most i'll do is maybe cook and that's if she's like <laughs> help me with something like if maybe she took out yeah Maybe she did the starch and then I'll do the vegetables and the meat. But like now I'm like, eh, and you need to be selfish, Nyan, a bit, just a little bit. My mom used to attend a church that would just like on Sundays, you'd get there by nine and you'd literally leave the church five, six p.m. That ah! used to be such torture in my life. I didn't no, understand I why that. I worked. It's my the church same vibe as my mom's such now. a job. Like, I was just like, Yo, how is this possible? And, and wasn't that the worst because you were a minor then? Yes. Like, you your attention you had to as a child Ooh. ends now. And being in the same place for so many hours would kill. No, for me, I'm just, I know this is not the topic, but I'm just against churches that have parents and people who are, who are not even just family, but like pe- people who are, have to be at church for that long. And I'm like, where's family time? Where is like yes. the soccer games? There's things that happen on Sundays that are like beyond church. And God does promote that. You know what? Family is important. I really don't like churches like that. Oh my God, we're drifting. But I love I love that we're on the same page with Sundays. And we need to, I feel like if we make more time during the week, I know we're already doing too much, but just adding an extra, let me pack this cupboard Monday, Tuesday, pack the next one, Wednesday. On the weekend, you end up not doing anything. Washing laundry and just hanging it. I mean, we're living in it. Especially if you're like washing the things by hand. But who's doing that now? Like a lot of people don't do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, try your, like I I would say, like try your best to have things done by the week, weekend. And even if I'm sleeping the whole day, you know, I can do that. (laughs) The whole day, just waking up, drinking water, eating, sleeping. That's me Sundays. So yes. Yeah. So what I do on Sundays, you know, I normally prepare myself like mentally. Like oh. it's not horsonte kieze, so ironing or what what or write mm. on the book or even mm. set an alarm. But like mentally I prepare myself, you know, let's say I have to work very I have to wake up very early in the morning. And you know, mm. it's something I make peace with and really like <laughs> I need to, but you know, kind of tell myself, all right, this is this in my head. It's how I prepare. 
I don't yes. need to write down or do some things, but like mentally, I do that. Mm. I relate mm. so much to the preparing your brain for things that happen. Like, I don't know, like the world we live in and yes. all this anxiety, like literally I would 48 hours before, like now I'm used to us recording. Sometimes like before we'd record, I'd just be like, I'd have to prepare myself like mentally, like this is what you're going to do. Mm. And this amount mm. of energy. A big something, an audition or a rehearsal, I need to prepare myself. Like sometimes maybe like my, I'll be so anxious or so scared for nothing. But like I agree with her, like, yo, yeah. I, I'll just need time to mentally be there. I definitely agree with um, implementing a mental routine. And I love how she's saying you don't have to write anything down. You don't have to, like, because that's what we we, we tend to do. We tend to think to ourselves that um, if I don't physically do something or put something away or or signify, make my bed physically, that's the first Mm. sign of a good week and productivity and stuff like that. But meanwhile, just having that internal conversation with yourself um, mm. whilst you're watching your favorite Sunday show to be like, okay, now I understand that Sunday is coming to an end. It's about to be uh, another week and I need to give a lot of energy this week. Um, so tonight at 10 p.m., <clears throat> I'm going to simply head to bed and wake up for the week. Like that could just be enough, you know? Mm. Um you can prepare your body as much as you want, but if your mind is not there and your mind is not prepared, ah, regardless yes. of what the body can do, the mind will definitely um, be something that's going to hinder your progress. So I definitely love what she's saying in terms of be mentally prepared. You don't have to mm. write anything down. You don't have to physically get up or do anything. Um, you just have to make sure that you speak to your own self in your head and just let all the people in there know that Lalelani guys for the next couple of days mm, and many mm, ready. Mm, mm. Do what you need to do to be ready. And it's as simple as that. Let's yeah. leave it there. As you always know, with word on the street, we ask all of you. So we definitely have some more people sharing their opinions a little bit later in the show. But I'm dying to get into um our YouTube digest today. So maybe let's leave this there for now and uh we'll get back into it a little bit later on in the show. Come on! Word on the street. Here we go again. On Twitter and Instagram at the rewind underscore essay. And send an email to the rewind essay at gmail.com. Dior's is consistent with her hosting, and that grew her channel so insanely. So, why don't you try that as well? No, no, I'm not important. Hell no! I will tell you, I, I really prefer Sinovio's voice. It sounds like she just had a glass of wine and uh-huh. she just lit a cigar, and now she's talking to you. So, Kopano, how often does she upload then? Yo, like once a month. Seriously? Yeah. Once a month is a very easy consistency to hit. Yeah, it's easy, it's easy, it's easy, but no, we don't want that. Not like that. Take me serious. Just to tell you what she's doing with her hair, and am I overdoing it now? I don't know, but not, so welcome to the YouTube Deep Digest. Today's topic was speaking about Mzanti Room Rescue. We did this; it was it was a series review. The first one was for looking for Mjolo. But now we're going to be reviewing um, a series that I absolutely enjoy. Uh, I, when I stumbled across this on YouTube, I was absolutely blown away by this channel, what the women are doing. And um, I just loved it. I absolutely loved it. It's called Mzansi Room Rescue. And basically, like the name suggests, they go around South Africa 
and they remodel and remake over people's um, homes and rooms. They've done a kitchen, they've done an office space, they've done a baby's room. And the latest episode, uh, they I think one of the latest episodes, they were doing a charity home, redoing the charity home. Now it's got mm, three presenters on it. Mm-hmm. House of Mercy, yes. It's got three presenters on it. It's got the DIY diva, Kay. It's got the Queen of Color, Patty. And it's got the Style Guru, B. Now, the show has not been on YouTube for very long. I think it's just reaching a year, just over a year. Um, I could be wrong with that, but I can definitely tell you they've got, at the moment, just over 550 subscribers. And um, they've released up to uh, 11 uh, videos on the channel. And the video with the most views of theirs is a trailer for the Home Office Makeover, which had 58,000 views. Now, wow. I honestly think their channel is, is it's going to grow. Um, mm-hmm. It'll definitely grow. But I am absolutely loving the content. Um, it's scripted content with the fact that they have links, they have intros and outros and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, but I just love their energy. I love what they're doing. And I think it's worth they, um, you talking can tell about. they love what they do. Yes. What ha- what have so you thought um, just just watching some let's speak about just their their interaction together. Do you think it's a winning cast of um presenters or or what? I feel like the first episode when I looked at it, it was a bit shaky. Um uh the, the yeah. lady who styles, what's her name? Is it B? She yes, she looks that's um she, she I mean she's very energized. She's she's the one who's like very like out there like mrs presenter mrs whatever but like you can tell like they were like first episode it was just like really nerve-wracking but when you're saying if they're the winning cast is this their own show or are they hired to be on the show because i'm not sure which is yeah with with the first episode um I mean, they do have other mainly black businesses that they feature for things that they get help with. Like, for instance, with the first episode where they had the designing the kitchen and then they had that spraying company. It was black people. Even at House of Mercy, they had uh, black people come by construction, whatever, whatever. But then I was curious with the whole Plascon thing. And I was just like, I wonder if this is their show. Did they go to Plascon? Plascon thing threw me off as well. I was like, this is official. This is big. This is not like. Guys, these people, because even in the beginning, if you notice on the top left, it says includes pay promotion. Exactly. So in my head, I made up the scenario and it would be nice, obviously, to have them here. I mean, speak to one of them and they correct us. But like I thought like, because maybe they are already working women in the industry of this uh, interior design. And they obviously have yes. relationships with um, these companies. Obviously, you know, your discounts, you know, everything. And then. Yes. When I'm doing a show, because you're already a trusted customer, they already know you and they know your work. And they're like, oh, no, it's fine. We don't mind helping out with the show. Just make sure that everything, because, I mean, even if it's not necessary to paint, mm. I mean, I know, I mean, not mm. it's always necessary to paint. You know, paint can always make everything look nice. Yeah. But at the first house, I mean, with the lady who was fixing up her kitchen, they painted her wall. Plascon this. What about Plascon this? Plascon. I'm like, yo, I wonder. Also, yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you because I was also thrown off by the whole... I was absolutely blown away. I was like, love the sisters are doing it for themselves. Uh They're out here. They are doing this own show. But once they started speaking about Plascon, so openly so. And I started noticing what you're speaking about in terms of the includes paid promotion things and stuff like that. I was Mm. like, wait a second. Then you start realizing um, in terms of just the delivery of the production. It is very clean. It is very... Very... um, 
um um smooth Very it clean. is like it's the sounds like a tv crew is I working on it and not just not just women who have this um and not to speak down speak on women but i just mean um people who 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 decide hey i want to do something on youtube so yeah yeah no this firstly, is to answer well your question i I, I do think they sh- the show is theirs, but they were very smart on who they brought onto the table, um, mm. even from who's shooting and stuff like that. To go back to the question of energy and them, I really do think um, they're a great group. And I must agree with you. Like with B, I can definitely tell that she's either the this this project is either her brainchild or she was she helped conceive it with the others or something because that she she's got that whole i want to present and i've been waiting for my opportunity and i wasn't getting it so Um, i will give myself the opportunity and it will be about what i want to do like this is mm, such a toppling it's a total pillow productions it's it's there and she notices what, that uh-huh. you know but it proves what we always speak about um when we say um that you can have your own show like you really don't have to be like knocking and asking sabc one guys please give me yes. a like this thing is i wanted yes. to say from the get-go when it started i was like okay the camera this is nice and then already um uh i liked the what is the the, the the when they show the names that the edits there like when it shows like up next Yes, um, it's the lower third and the coming up and yes, it looks things. so professional. Yes. You can see that somebody's already yes. editing it for them. So obviously it's not a stress for them. It doesn't look like they have to think, oh my god, they just have to show up on set. I feel like it was it, it's that project where we're like, okay, Bongani, we're doing this thing, we're doing a talk show host, we've got the money, we've got jobs, and then we've gonna have these artists artist kids who are gonna come and film this thing for us and they edit it. They must make sure every Tuesday this thing is up, this is what we're gonna get, blah blah blah, done. Because and I was yeah. also curious if it's our own show and fine, are we funding it? Is also what I'm curious about. Like, oh my no, god, that's what a- I wanted to talk about next as well. Because room design and room rescue is not cheap. You are literally fixing up someone else's home. You are space, you know. Um, so you can't be necessarily just coming in Gemikokotelo and things that you are experimenting with in- and things that you just got for cheap. Okay, guy. <laughs> <laughs> but that's true uh, like, even just that kitchen already bongani and that office you, it's just like the and, the, and the, ba- the boho room for the kid i was like hey for the kid, this is not yes. like it's like, not like i picked it up at a sort of store yes exactly exactly so i i first of all i definitely agree with you that um in terms of the production value and production style absolutely a winner editing with the coming up with the lower thirds with all of those things the details that they give you showing you a snippet of what's doing from Mm. the shooting to the post-production where they're putting in all those graphic elements it's done really 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 well okay i know these questions i shouldn't be asking you but it's everything i'm curious about now that we've got no let's uh, discuss this because i'm so curious like we've started this we've got the money now obviously having a talk show thing it's not so much demanding it'll be demanding on our end because we'd have to travel to places meet people blah 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 hire out space but with them they have to like find these people where do you get these people because this show i mean on their instagram they're not even above a thousand followers the show's are barely above 600 um subscribers where do you then find people who want their place to be renovated because you know on tv they'll advertise and say um 
ah, blah, 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 blah. Uh, we want people for the cash build, what, 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 what project, and people apply, and that's when they can find people to renovate. But their show just started. Do you think it's just their friends or people like, we're in the street, guys, yo, uh, you know what, Bongani wants to renovate. Oh, you know, I wonder how that process goes. Like, how, how do you, you know, then apply? You're touching into something that I was um, somewhat feeling and trying to grapple around. Um, when we were speaking about it and when we had just started, is that um, these people that they're getting, <laughs> I definitely agree with you. They say in business that um, the people who are going to fund your business are family, friends, and fools. And I honestly think they've got family and friends on lockdown. They look like people that they know. They look like a um, friend of a friend Yay! or a friend. Or a colleague, someone who says, I've got this space. Yes. yes, someone who says, I've got this space. And they're like, please, would you allow me to experiment in your space? And also not only experiment in your space, um, we're both gaining here because I'm gaining in that I've coming up with content for this show that we're doing and you're gaining in that you're walking away with the room. So I do think they say to the yeah. people, okay, give us a budget. What's your budget? And then maybe they match that budget. So if someone says the most I'm willing to do is 2.5. Maybe they say to themselves, okay, Lerona, saying 2.5 and we're going to do this and it's going to be 5,000 rand that we need to do this rescue um, with. Because mm. to say that they are funding it themselves would be quite stressful, but also quite commendable if it is all coming from them. I think it's but a possibility. But I honestly think... I think it's the people, it's whoever they're going to. The person says, listen, I want to do this. I just don't know what direction to take it in. And I've saved up this amount of money to do it. Then they yeah. say, okay, cool. Let's meet. Um, let's match that. And I think it's friends and family. If not friends and family, a colleague or a friend of a friend whose yes, rooms that they're doing. But I'm absolutely loving it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, but I, very, I love that. Personal. I love that. But. I feel like there is a possibility of them even uh, pitching in money because if they have Plascon on their side and every time it's like an ad is an ad, I feel like they 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 do have um that that money even if they I don't know I know it sounds ridiculous like who's gonna freaking pay, but like if Plascon is every video is sponsoring it, Plascon is not gonna give them one thousand. But you see, the thing is for me is now um as well um like. You know, we have all these concepts and we're just like, oh, if Savannah could just jump on board. But you think to yourself, I can't even go to Savannah and make sure that we're hitting constantly 5,000 listeners every month. Then I can go to Savannah mm. and say, if these women were able to just go to Plascon with this idea and to say, yo, and Plascon said, okay, cool, come through. I mm. am absolutely impressed by that because we yeah. tend to get in our own way and think and give ourselves all these marks and points that we must reach before you approach someone i need to have this many followers i need to have this many viewers on my youtube before i even think about approaching lounge and lord knows maybe just go and approach them and they're just gonna love your idea so much that they're gonna just jump on the bandwagon and say listen every episode where you're painting use our paint Actually, with them, it's like, I think Plascon was like, uh, make sure you paint every episode. Because they are painting their lives away. Like, those people paint. Like, even when they were doing that DIY, hanging what what shelves. Um, I'm going to do the primer. I'm going to paint. I'm like, ma'am, you don't need to paint it. But, <laughs> but okay, <laughs> we will let really, you paint. 
Yeah, but we're gonna let you paint because I mean, you know, it's the bag. But like, okay, yeah, I, I, okay, I just love everything about it. I was just like, it's so interesting. But I love that you mentioned because usually people say I wouldn't have that brand show on my thing because they're not paying me, and I'm like, sweetie, you're not even at a thousand subscribers. Uh, America <laughs> was doing that thing with um. <clears throat> Pairs. And Pairs eventually thingied her. But you don't have to take the route to America. Obviously, America is popular. You can just have maybe like, you know what? I've done 20 episodes with the Rewind and we always have Savannah. I'm going to email them and tell them, guys, can you sponsor us with Savannah's for this? And if you like what, 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 can we please be official ambassadors or something? Work out a deal. Like, but this is the days we're living in. You know, you make this thing happen. You can approach people with a plan, with a concept. But like, you know, just that. But generally, I love their content so much. For me, I felt like it's something like if I had SABC1, I would say, guys, put it in. The ladies are so fun. They're so jolly. Their personalities uh, uh, match each other. Like, I felt like there yes. wasn't like a, oh, this one is too much. Oh, they're trying to fight for the spotlight. No, everyone feels nice in their spot. Like, this one feels like, you know what? That one is there. That one is there. And, you know, B is just up in there. It, but it feels natural. It doesn't feel like no one's trying to steal the spotlight. You know, sometimes when you have a trio, yeah. it's Beyonce, Michelle, and Kelly. And somebody got to shine. But with them, it's like there's, a, yeah. there's, a, there's just a balance. And it feels nice. It doesn't feel forced. Um, what I would change, though, is that intro. I mean, of course, they've got the budget. Not that, I mean, you know, I would. Yes. But because they've got the budget. The way the show starts... I would have done that in the studio. That uh, with the it doesn't no. work for you. Oh, you know, because they've already shot things now. They can maybe take um, take moments from baby tang from already. Like you know, sometimes when they do kind of what do you call it? Oh yes, where you get yeah, where you where you see like um like in a title sequence where they use title snippets sequence. of um yes, what's of already them in action already. What now don't like, you like about this? I love it. I love this whole we're walking down with bus maybe female too... bitches and we're about to conquer this project that we're getting into. You know? Yeah, maybe because I don't like that. I mean, like the way you're saying it, it comes from a very dreamy musical theater place and. It, it wasn't executed the way I think you're thinking it is. But it is nice. It's, I enjoy it. But I just... If maybe Bunta, the title they sequence... They are flicking hair. There is slow-mo. There is maybe pointing it was at you with the draw. I don't they know. are maybe, blowing a kiss. I know. I know. Because, I mean, already the quality of the work is so good. I thought the intro wouldn't just necessarily just be by the... Um, by the parking, I thought maybe that thing would have been shot somewhere else. I don't know. Maybe I'm. I wanted to be, too, but I have no problem with it. Like I am just like. Yeah. Oh, no, I definitely agree with here, you. Can we just mm, maybe green mm, room it, or maybe mm, just have the title sequence from? <laughs> you know what maybe I mean. Maybe in each location where they at, they must just shoot a walking intro. Like we're yeah. walking in, and it's the same in that we always see them walking. Um, but um, it's in different locations, and it looks like mm. they, the fairy godmothers arriving to come help you put the space together. Yeah. But I also, essentially, like what what the, about... besides them um changing, I mean, doing their interior decorating, but you can see how this project and working on this makes everyone feel like I feel so wholesome when I'm done because I'm just like I know how yes. sometimes it is to have a space where you can't necessarily um afford things. And then somebody comes and just like, just even painting your own room at home just changes everything. Having those people just come, the ladies come in and just change up your space can 
be so uplifting. A lot of people just feel like, even that lady in the beginning, the first episode, her episode like wasn't sad, but for me, made me like feel like, damn, marriage feels like a lot of work <laughs> because she's like, I'm a career woman and I work a nine to five and yeah, I have, I'm married. And then I was like, damn, the way she said that I'm married, yeah. it felt like, I'm a mother, then I must do everything. The, the last thing I'm thinking of is trying to, you know, change up this. You know, obviously, even as young adults, we have things that are like, yeah, Bonnie, change that cupboard door, change that cupboard door until it falls over. Even after it falls, yeah. life is so busy. That's the last thing on your mind. So them coming in and just making every feel so, everything feels so wholesome when they come. And I was just like, wow. That is yeah. so No, I definitely, you know, I used to work for an interior designer and he used mm-hmm. to say, um, he knows when people come to him and say they want to change their house, they want to do something, they want to do this. More often than not, it's a sign that there's something wrong with them on the inside. And not that there's something wrong with them on the inside, mm-hmm. but that they've just gone through, either just gone through or are going through or are anticipating going through an emotional trauma um, on inside of them. Um, obviously if it's emotional, it's inside of you, but yes. Um, so I love how you're saying it's so wholesome because that's what I realized is that a lot of the clients that this person had, they eventually, um, were making a friend out of, um, my, my boss and a meeting would start from a meeting talking about fabrics and confirming the couch to next thing, and that's all it seems like it is. Yeah. And being a part of this creative process allowed many of them um, a creative freedom, a creative outlet, and being with a creative person and being able to chat to them and stuff like that um, allowed them that therapist that you're not necessarily paying for in the sense of mm. to be sitting in their but you're paying for them to remake your space so that it can be fresh for you and fresh for your own eyes when you walk into it. So I really do agree with you in saying that it is wholesome content. When you're done watching their videos, you're feeling like, oh, I want to watch another one. You know, it was very, Mm. it's very extreme. Yeah, but it has that thing that is not, it doesn't feel YouTube-y. I agree with you. Sorry to cut you there. It doesn't feel YouTube-y. It feels like, Yes. How would you binge watch a TV show? No, but I honestly think, and, and you know, I honestly think this show was possibly rejected for TV, and mm. therefore they decided let's put it on YouTube, um, because a the editing style, how long it is, this show consistent consistently hits the twenty twenty one twenty two minutes mark, which mm. is if you don't if you if you don't know is like the time mark for a lot of 30 minutes programming that we watch on tv Mm. 30 minutes programming when you include all the adverts is usually about 20 21 minutes and they've got all of these things that pop up that show nabuma coming up and all of that i honestly feel like this show maybe it was um pitched for soweto tv or moja love and they eventually rejected it and these people decided well we've already shot this pilot episode let's just put it out there and see what happens and they got great reception from it and then they decided well mm. let's keep the ball rolling honestly earlier on when i was saying this is like a toilet pillow productions i honestly yeah. mean that full through and through this is feels like something that um very man cave very um morning live not morning live um expresso very um 
later on today, uh, this week, coming up on Mzansi Room Rescue, mm, mm, um, mm, mm. B has this, 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 and um, K does this. And like you hear mm, all of that and mm. only on SABC3. You know, like it's so, it is Why so SABC3. Yeah, I feel like when my interview, I was going to show sit, basically, need to slide in and ask them to do such a job. But yeah. in all honesty, I think they should be running to SABC3. And, and I'm loving what this conversation because if we look at a channel like SABC, if we look at a channel like SABC3, it is struggling. Um, So maybe <laughs> they need to stop looking for um production companies <laughs> that have a name, Apple Bomb Productions, and Apple Burnt mm, Onion, and all mm, of them. Mm. And actually, just come to the YouTube space and put up shows like Mzansi Room Rescue, put up shows like, um, what's that other one with uh, the female queers um, that stay in a house? Stud muffins. Put up oh, shows, like, shows that are like, literally shows that we feel like we're watching traditional uh, terrestrial TV, mm. even mm. though um, we're just honestly just chilling on YouTube. Like these, it honestly the way the show is formatted, it was honestly written for TV, and they ne- they just need to tell us which show, which which television station they were pitching to. It's as simple as that. Yes, sh- but lately I just have this thing against like now when people have started something, I'm not like bitter like oh you guys didn't pick me, but I'm also like. I just think y'all must stay off the t- television, whatever, because obviously I have this obsession yeah. with saying you must own your own show. But if they get the platform like SABC3, yes, it's a perfect show for SABC3. It's not like very SABC1 because it's very, they actually speak a lot of English on that show. Yeah, but I wanted yeah, to say something they need to invest in is the reveal moss. Either someone must bring their own scarf from yeah, home or something. No, but I just closing your eyes with, with you. your hands, I'm like, Someone, no. yeah. Someone needs, even if we go buy eye masks yes, from then we can somewhere, watch them poetry or something. Episode. Yeah. And just put them on the people. Like, that would be much better. Or just buy scarves, black scarves, and put them on yes. the people. That would be much better. I mean, for like, me also, there are some moments in the presenting uh-huh. where it kind of lacks. Like, you can see, you yeah. Um, but not in a mean way type of vibe. It's just the, the experience behind it. And mm-hmm. also that goes with the eye masks as well. Like those small things can do a lot to elevate. Even if your graphics are on 100, something as small as people walking with their hands over their eyes, like Tupunza can be very distracting in terms of mm. if you could invest in all of this and even go change someone's house, can you not invest in the 50, 50 rand eye masks? Yeah, even at China Mall, you, you can know? get a bigger pack for like, you know, I don't know. But it, I was just like, because in my head, I'm distracted. Like, how did they get to that spot? Because usually, you know, when you arrive with the car and then you get out with the eye mask, now you're already walking to a place and then they say, close your eyes, then it's revealed. I was confused there. I was like, I wonder how this works. but. It is a well, really, I mean, really, it's just mm-hmm. a room. It's not like they're redoing your whole house. So, yes, Mara, you're if walking you look to at, your um, house. And the, you can the, see... the one with the charity. Everything yes, started okay, from yeah, outside. So, their eyes were closed. I was like, how did everyone in that group walk with, like, close their eyes? I mean, with their eyes closed. And then I was just like, this is very confusing. But I wanted to say my favorite episode was that House of Mercy. Is it House of Mercy? I was just like, yes, firstly, yes. I'm pulled by the standard of. And it wasn't the lady's fault. I was saying like she, 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 her job is to 
house those children and take care of them. But I was just like so yeah. shocked at how the standard of the the orphanage or the the home was. And I was just like, wow, this is really like I mean, not that they don't look for sponsors or whatever, but some people will just say they're sponsoring something, but like not really pull through because they were saying they're making that room for the kids and the beneficiaries when they come and dine. And I was just like, I don't know. I don't know if it's if it's the orphanage's place to 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 want to keep the place like that, or the beneficiaries or people who say they do give money to the place. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm being I political. Think, yeah. No. But I hear you. No. 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 This is the space to be political. You know. And I do think. And I do definitely agree with you that it would be unfair to put it on that lady to say she doesn't care for the space. Clearly, she cares for the space. And if she could mm. do more, she would obviously be doing more. I think maybe it's just about us and communities. Like we know I'm an orphanage. So I'm an orphans. I'm an orphanage. I'm an orphans. So we definitely know it's not receiving a grant that's coming in from government or anything. So maybe it's not receiving um, when it's Mandela Day and that's where you're going to spend your 67 minutes maybe mm. instead of just saying and shoot that yes. leave. maybe also just help improve the place Tina. as well like donate like people, a plaston painting clean mm. up and other things like that like Tina you're saying something, but that place was like yo like I mean I've seen places that weren't like the best like where people um take care of um children when we do pink purse drives and stuff but like that one was like i was like i've never seen anything like that and but also some people have that thing i don't know why we have that as black people and i just hope that we get to change that and be better at it like this thing so she must make a plan (laughs) (laughs) guys no you know you know one time spoken with a passion that they say that word like I feel like people some people do like even if they had enough money like even if it's like every morning like I volunteer before I or not every morning like on weekends in the mornings I volunteer to go do the dishes oh what what but like I feel like there isn't that sense of community I remember we're doing this other drive and then when we had brought like yo I had contributed I remember when I was collecting clothes I had collected so many clothes like so many bags yeah and then when we got them the ladies who work there who work in the community um, sometimes have their kids come play with the children at the orphanages. And then my, then they were like at the back. Uh, I so happened to be in the house because I was looking for dishwasher or washing dishes. And then the lady was like, they were going through the clothes to look for their kids, for their children, personal children. Imagine and whatever they don't so. like is, and then luckily some man who was also doing the Mandela Day with us from another company uh, heard that and saw that and like reported it and was not happy even with the food that was brought for the that day for the children because I, I think the children were some way doing an activity but they were kind of coming to join us later so we're preparing um the best food that comes there they take for themselves they were eating in the kitchen with themselves like dishing up the whatever meal was prepared for everyone who was going to come eat that day i was just like I don't know if it's greed or what, but it was just like so heartbreaking to see that. And I was just like, sometimes it's also, you know, you want to build something for the children. You want to do something. And yeah. there's just the people from the inside who were just trying to break the vision. I, I was just like, yeah, 
Yeah, it could be also that, you know what I mean? There could be people coming or whatever, but yeah. like what they did yeah. there, the ladies, and renovate that room, I was like, what? They really changed up yeah, that Yeah, no, room. they did a good job. Mm, they, they really did a, did a good job. job. I, loved, I loved the home office episode um, with um, that that guy friend who was like just trying to plug the his Indian friend. Guy. I, yes, I think he was definitely <laughs> one of their friends as well. Yes, like, he was so comfortable. He was so comfortable. I actually think they should con- not consider adding him, but you know, we should get some um, nice behind the scene content from him. You know, mm. um, maybe, maybe, maybe as in each project, as they're about to speak about what they're doing next, he should be the one um, just linking us with everyone and showing us the bloopers or something like that. Um oh. mm. Sorry, um, he could be, you know, um, you, do you know the Sorry Girls, the American show? Sorry Girls. The Sorry Girls, they're like DIY queens. They're like, uh, oh, but no. they don't, their show's not as formal as this. Like, that's why I say, uh, I agree with you when you say this does seem very TV standard because please check them out. The Sorry Girls are really like, really, really awesome. Oh, I also wanted to touch base okay. on why they're not creating content anymore. But I wanted to say, it'll be nice to have him go to the shops because obviously they go to Plascon and buy the paints, wherever, or collect, wherever they collect the things. It'll be nice when we have like him at the back block style. Like him going to go get yeah. the orders or, you know what I mean? Because he's very entertaining that like, it's nice to like have that little breather, um, comic relief. It was nice um having him there. But I wanted to say maybe also usually starting productions like this, um, take a toll on you when, obviously like for instance, now we don't know whether, how the show is financed or how, how they get the people. Yeah. So if they already used up all yeah. their family members or whoever they know for now, um, then there's also that question, Yahorim. The content is done. So what I like about what the story girls do is that they don't really necessarily like have to have people like, and like, okay, go change up someone's house. Even in their own personal capacity, if someone is changing or had just had a baby, they're like, oh, let's change my, let's change a spare room oh, into a baby room. Yeah. Oh, let's change my couch into this design mm. that we saw on Pinterest or whatever. So that would yeah. be nice to have more segments. Like for instance, if we have, is it, is it Kay, the DIY queen on the show? Yes, yes. She maybe like was like, oh, they're like, oh, guys, we saw this really nice design. They go buy a couch at the thrift shop and like, how do we change it up, make it into this ourselves, mm. you know, style mm. that couch and put it whatever. Because sometimes content does run dry, especially if you do something that is a big production. So if you can like some sometimes like maybe in a in the month you say, OK, I can have one big show and then maybe two ones that like are Plascon related, I mean, included. But also will be like relevant, but we don't like run dry on content because I think like the last time they posted was three months ago, if I'm correct. Yeah. So no, sometimes it, it was three months ago. So sometimes it's probably like life getting in the way, but sometimes it's because content and time making, I've been making time for something that big needs Yo, Bongani are available. Bongani is somewhere shooting somewhere else. Bonza, are you here? I'm here, but Bongani is not here. When I'm here, you're not there. So, you know, you can chew. But again, that's cool when you're chewing and it's too much. Um, <laughs> chewing more than what biting off more than you can Bongani. chew. Huh? Biting off more than you can chew. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's a case with them, but I'm just saying usually, even for myself, like when the content runs dry, because uh maybe the content's no longer a priority or something is takes more or preference or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So uh, I wanted but to say I that on that. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with you in that uh, the content isn't three months waiting time content. Like, this is honestly a show that they can do once a month, you know? Yeah. And if they really are, if they really are pushing it twice a month, um, as much as uh, it may take time to rescue a room, I really don't think they spend more than a week, even with that orphanage. I don't think they spent more than a week Um rescuing and putting it all together from logistics to the final product with the handover of the key and mm. everything like that. Mm. Mm. So uh, maybe what's going to chow is maybe the editing thereafter, but that could all be a two week process. And then you mm. start it again, you know, resulting in two episodes coming out in a month. My improvements that I would suggest is maybe also letting us know how much the things cost, yes. um, how much the makeover costs where the items have been sourced. One thing I love about international YouTubers is that when you open the description tab, they will list everything. Over time, there's always a link to something. The equipment that they use Mm. is the link to the things you see in the background. There's this crime YouTuber who talks about... um, crime stuff and in the back there's always like her her lipstick shelf and all of that in every video she'll list where she bought that lipstick shelf from and yes some of the links are affiliate links in that when someone clicks on them the channel owner whoever gets money from that but some of them it just seems like it's done just out of the good nature of we all want to succeed on this platform so let me let you know what i'm using so that you can use it too um but Mm. also if you are creating content for people to replicate at home i mean all of these room rescue um all of these uh these things that they're doing on Room Rescue are very much um, content in which I wouldn't watch it, get inspiration, and go redo it at home. Do yes. you get what I'm saying? But so isn't that what such, content is I all would about? Suggest, mm. yeah, yeah. But I mean, content has different structures and serves different features. So Some is, when yeah. you're watching your 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 gossip YouTubers, you're not necessarily going to act on what you're watching. Yes, you're just going to yes. watch them talk about. Who's this? Who did this? Who did that? And maybe you acting on it is you tweeting about it or having a conversation with someone about it. But yeah, for yeah. you to literally physically go and recreate and redo what they have done, um, that 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 would definitely that would definitely be um you something like this where they showing you this is what I'm doing, measure it like this, I measure it like that, I put the hole here, I do this, I drill this. Send us put in your description a list of the equipment that was used to do this room rescue. And where you from can the get hammer, it. from the tiniest of screw to the biggest of drills, and where you can get it. Some of those floating shelves are really nice, but like maybe it's not the ones I'm finding at Builders. You know, um, maybe you actually got yours at Game, and I'm loving that design. So I want to see. I want to go redo that exact same design. You know, some people I know. Um, when I'm learning something from YouTube, I don't even change settings. Like if I'm learning how to edit a video or do a cool video feature or do something like that or uh, do something on a photo, I will literally follow the instruction on Photoshop. I'll follow it on um, Premiere Pro. I'll follow it to the T. Then once Mm. I've done it once, thereafter I will decide, okay, maybe I can do this to the wave. Maybe I don't need this to be that many. It it doesn't need to be mm. that many times. So I'll reduce that. So some of us operate like that. You might some, find someone saying, I want floating shelves. But from watching this room rescue, they decide to themselves, okay, these are the floating shelves I want because I've watched someone install them. And I saw mm. the challenges they went through and I saw step by step of what they did. So I'm going to want to go buy those exact same ones because for some people, I might 
find that you might find that I buy them and I'm trying to install them like yours are, but like these ones have an L bracket underneath mm. and it's not necessarily floating shelves. And then I just decided, who I must say, we lose magic answers. Everything's a yen zaning. So yeah, I love. And I'm not right. saying it's that their responsibility is to take care and stuff like that. But all I'm saying is that they just need to give us more description, more information about how much this is costing, and also where are they sourcing all of these equipment, tools, materials that they're using to create these beautiful designs. You know. But can I ask, does it not add more value when um my content? Because I mean, there's watching content but now when i feel like yo every time i'm watching this i know i'm gonna learn something new and then i'm gonna do some either extreme diy or renovation or a minor one where i'm like yo i know every time i watch bongani's channel i'm gonna learn something about using my voice or this and this and this i think i read something along those lines like if there's something that where because people are influenced and follow people with different um categories if i can say that for a reason like i follow Mang Mang for hair and then they give me advice about hair because they've yeah. got relaxed hair or they've got that so what you're bringing up does help like if somebody's like every time I know I'm going to learn something yes I'm watching it entertained but like if I know how to do a, 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 a thingy because I even watched when they were doing that that wall thing like when they're doing the family thing on the first episode oh, yes. and I was like I didn't even know that I could maybe measure you know sometimes you just got the vibe you're like I but now you're like, okay, let me paste this around. Let me see it already before I do it. Because yes. just imagine you drilled holes already on your wall, then you don't like it. Then what thriller, what thriller, what thriller, what thriller. Exactly. Ew, now you must, exactly. you know. Yeah. So I really like that. And sometimes that content can be used as reels because they do have a, a Instagram page, but it's not as active. So, okay, I mustn't talk about mm. active, like, no, oh, no, active. no, let's talk about, let's talk about how they can use some of the content that they're busy shooting for YouTube. Yeah, so the how behind the scenes can be real, yes. Instagram, yeah. It can be, like, so, for instance, when you're mentioning, like, the dimensions or whatever, even if they don't put that in the video and keep the structure of the video like that, and they're like, oh, but if you want to know how we did this, we've got reels, or go to our TikTok, and then now we're like, oh my God, let me go there. You know what I mean? Because I'm yes. like, that looks really nice. So then it oh, it has all of all of the 500 people who are there or the 51,000 people who watch that video gravitate all the way to the Instagram page and know that you're every time I know. Because there's nothing worse than watching international content and not having that. Because they don't say builders or cash build. They're like, yeah, how mock what what when are you like, yeah, where can I get it in the country? <laughs> So if the if, if the Mercy <laughs> Rescue is like, oh no, guys, don't worry, you can get this at uh the spa by way where if you live in this, there's on one here in Cape Town, there's one here in Gauteng, there's one there in Durban, then you're like, oh my god, you know what I mean? It's always so helpful when it's like, is it accessible for you also for your country and have people who create that content for that country? But like I really, really, really enjoyed it. For another sponsor, it's opening yes. a back door for another sponsor to come in. Every time I'm seeing Ogotinina, Manians on my shelf, Nitalini Hambanese builders, the builders market person has to be on top of their shit and know yes. that they need to come to you and, and say, say hi you would you like discount? to influence our next product you know exactly or discounts or even paid promotion like oh can you please do these garden chairs blah 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 oh my god we're giving so much ideas but yes i definitely <laughs> definitely love <laughs> that show us on credits as producers. oh no definitely how how would you rate the show like what what would i would a hundred percent um 10 out of 10 for the for the first oh, nice. um DIY show I've watched, I would ten out of ten recommend the show. I'll be like, you know what? It's really nice yeah. to watch. There's nothing you know, like this. Yes, people can always have 
ah, you know, I can always not like something, but it's a really good show. So 10 out of 10. No, I definitely agree with you. And I was going to say 8, just so that I'm not the person giving them a 10. And you come in and you say, ah, you know, it's great, but uh, I think it's a 6. Yeah. 10 out of 10 for them, definitely. But also, I just wanted to speak on this in terms of just the creativity. Like, it is such a different offering from on the South African YouTube platform, you know? Um... We tend to get a lot of the same things, either people doing makeup, people doing um, celebrity gossip and news, uh, people doing story times and mukbangs, people giving you fire playlists of songs that they listen to. And I mean, you can just create a playlist on Spotify and share it with the people. But still, you know, um, we tend to get hauls, all of the same thing over and over again. And I think that's what's so refreshing about this channel. Not only is it breaking stereotypes in that we're seeing all these women who are doing this interior designing stuff from the DIY to the styling to um, also just like a, a whole and um, conceptualization and ideation but also in terms of stereotypes and that it really is a different channel like you're not there to watch someone's life and someone meeting up with their friends and them going out for drinks and it's a vlog of this not to say that any of that content is terrible and it's boring but it's become so much of the same on YouTube especially South African YouTube so I really mm. do get excited when I see people doing something that is absolutely different, um, you might find that there are other DIY people out there that we don't know of. If we don't, let us know about them. Info at therewindpodcast.com so that we can go check them out. But I was pleasantly surprised. I was refreshed. I was taken aback. And And thanks for recommending, Bongani. Room Rescue. Thank you, Bunta. I'm glad you enjoyed it. This whole review might shake things up. Because sometimes you might feel like, yo, this is in 2-1-K. And then you have someone, people say they actually love the work and it might re-energize them. So hopefully this does that because we really do enjoy the content. If they need a room, obviously. Even here in Amonskrals, they can pull through. Actually, they can pull through. You... I know they can do And then, okay, so budget we tend to match up your budget. I'm what like, are you going to say? Is, is, is sponsoring. <laughs> All I need is paint. <laughs> I will say the exact same thing to them. I'll be like, there was nothing like that when the show starts. Yeah, I just you thought you were saying we must pay. Like I thought Plascon's got mothers. this. Yes. <laughs> on, come on. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I can't afford you. You know, I can give you food and water, but yeah, but I mean, just paint. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. leave it there. Um, this one has been a great one. Go check it out. Mzanti Room Rescue on YouTube. Uh, it's a great show. The, the, the hosts are great. The delivery of the show Everything is great. Is and trust mwah. me, yeah, you will enjoy it. If you've enjoyed this conversation, watching it is even a lot more fun. Uh, but let's get into some more of The Rewind. Check out our YouTube page, The Rewind Essay, for more content. You're listening to The Rewind. Come on! Word on the street. Here we go again. What I would say, the most that I would do to prepare for a week. Um, yes. It's just to try and plan my outfit for the week. At oh. least for the next coming three days. I know, <laughs> I 
I'm gonna wear jeans, uh, shorts, uh, sweatpants. That's how I prepare my week. And then maybe the last two days, if I have nothing that hectic, serious that needs my attention, then yeah. I'll, I'll just wear whatever I feel comfortable wearing in the house. But mostly <laughs> for me to pre- pre- uh, prepare for a productive week, I do uh, <laughs> prepare my, my clothes. You know, some people say if you look at the part, you feel the part. That Maybe is that's so what true. you and I am missing. Yes. Maybe that's what we are missing. Because, because we, I, this I've is never the one even thought of that as a that. preparation for the week. I'm actually going to take that one. Because even casually when I'm at home, I just dress crap. And I'm just like too lazy to find an outfit on the day. So if you have things displayed, yeah. like when you know you're going out, I already have outfits for going out. But I don't have outfits for casual life. That is, I, I didn't yeah. even, I, I never thought that would even be a thing. You know, for me, I've heard of people like setting their outfits the night before, you know, choosing what you're going to wear at work tomorrow or at school yes. or whatever, and making sure it's ironed and putting it inside and stuff like that. But to make it a conscious routine where Sunday after Sunday, you're not only thinking about what you're wearing on Monday. No, 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 no. You're not only thinking about what you're wearing on Tuesday. No, 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 no. You're also thinking about what you're wearing on Wednesday as to prepare you to be productive that week. Ah, that's the first time I've heard of that. And I absolutely love it. I don't think I can do it myself. Maybe this is one of those mental preparations I will do. Yeah, mental preparation. (laughs) But I mean, like, for me, I feel like... What I'm gonna it's wear. Easier. Yeah, it's easier. Maybe if you work a nine to five, I think that is easier. Yes. But like, I know yes. the person sent the VN is a freelance, and I was just like, every time I see him, he's also dre- he's always dressed up. Whether we're at home locally, what he's always dressed up. And I'm just like, now that he mentions that, that makes sense. That fits are planned. I'm just like, I don't care. Like, if I was wearing suits and an oversized shirt, I'm gonna come with that if I'm at home. Like, and a bucket hat. And the bucket hat always symbolizes that I have a bad hair day. And <laughs> no, I need to, I need to work on that. But the, I think like one that's like achievable is the night before. Maybe doing it night before that that could be like yeah. yeah. I try to implement that in my life. It's very, very difficult. Like, I wonder, will one get to a point where you're in your 40s and your New Year's resolution are literally still the same as when you were in your 20s? I would hate that. <laughs> There's a lot of things I want to work on. And I'm like, ah, ah, how many years have you been doing this thing? How many years? <laughs> I sugar. I'm even upset. So, you know, I would do, I'd be so mad with myself. No, I, some things have to change. Like, I hope I'm not 40 and I'm like, I still want to do this. And like, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, no, Forever it needs ever. to improve. It needs to grow. Yeah. I usually um, try to clean up uh, my space. Mm-hmm. I usually try to um, pull out an outfit for the next day, which is a Monday. Okay. And just usually try to pack my bag or whatever that I'll be taking to work tomorrow and try to um, organize my lunch. Mm. Oh, so I, yes. I love the whole clean up my space, but um, there we go. Honestly, I'm, I'm for oh. nudes. I oh. think. <laughs> <laughs> I love the whole um, clean up my space vibe because um, it, it's very good to, to start a new week fresh, oh, yes. like without any baggage from last week. That's why earlier on I was speaking about making, some people make sure that all the dishes are washed for this week, you know, this mm. weekend. I'm going to start Monday without a single tooth, toothpick, I mean, tooth, tooth, teeth, what? <laughs> Teaspoon. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm 
start the week without a single teaspoon in the zinc. But I'm concerned that this is that whole domestic work is self-care work that she is rubbing it in, you know, um, being productive for the coming week, um, mm. what sort of routine you have. And we put cleaning and doing such hectic domestic work as, <sighs> oh, I'm being productive for the next week. I'm, se- I'm setting the tone for the next week. Meanwhile, you're just ending the week also just very tired because you're not relaxing. You are actually working. Yeah. I think I like the packing your bag and pre- prepping lunch because I know how it is when you prep everything at night. The next day feels like a breeze. Like everything feels like it's going to go in order. Now when things it like feels this, like you yeah, love yourself. Yes, you feel like you're well, I'm so ready. Like da 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 da. But like, oh, but I'm a list person. So even if I don't prep, if I have written a list of everything I need to get, then that helps me. Usually when I do the packing night before, sometimes I forget things and I get so mad. I'm like, dude, that was so organized. Why did you forget this? So lists help mm. me more. Like I'd rather take off as I go as opposed to packing night before so do you have a do you have a sunday list that you that you check Mm. and tick and cross no unless something important happens on a monday like if i have something Mm. and i'm like oh i've got this thing then i but generally for myself no it's just a to-do list okay okay that's fair that's very fair let us know what do you do send us an email info at the rewindpodcast.com and let us know what do you do to make sure that you uh, have a productive week what is that thing you do on a sunday to get your week started on the right note word on the street here we go again you guys are yeah yeah, you're it. It, it, it. I'm so enjoying this podcast. All right. You have been beautifully, authentically, with passion. Hey, there, Tuna. Oh my gosh, this is exciting news. It's been a wonderful year. Honestly, you've been my favorite virtual friend, specifically in the podcast world. You guys are shady. I'm honestly, honestly excited for more. I'm here for it. Keep going. It's really gonna grow. I believe in this. What, what, what do they call themselves? Pinsel and B tenacity. Congratulations, beautifuls. Recap. Welcome to it. You're listening to the deep dive right here on Mzansi Recap. It's been a great episode. It's only about to get better because right now we're speaking about the Jerusalem lawsuit. Before we even get into the lawsuit, Punta's <laughs> favorite, favorite South African song, Jerusalem. I don't know um, about that. <laughs> <laughs> is there question is there video footage that exists of you doing the dance no not even i think there's video footage of me doing the dance the one instance was mm-hmm. at work we had um uh, a strategic development session and literally the CE pulls me out of everyone. Mm. I'm a pa- learning partners. Stuff. Mm. I stand in the middle of this whole room and I must get us all started with a Jerusalem warm up. <laughs> uh, 
Did you know the choreography? <laughs> I didn't. I knew it from, and this is something we must touch on later on in terms of um, knowing it from the streets of Pretoria, seeing it from the girls, the gays out in the streets doing the dance. Oh. You know? um, so I had known it a little bit from that way. And you know, as a dancer, when you're watching a video of a dance, you're always just like counting the steps in the back of your head. So I yes. kind of like knew like what the rhythm should be. But I've never had so much confusion before because even at the second place where I think there could be video footage of me doing this dance was <laughs> um, in the complex in the complex that I grew up in. My best friend was um, his personal trainer was doing a whole training session with his wife where they were training people outdoors and the one of the on the agenda for that training the training for the day the first item of the agenda after weighing everyone was um, warming everyone <laughs> up and then getting everyone to do the Jerusalem challenge. And they called these two girls and these girls, and I see they're still deliberating who is going to teach and exactly how they're going to teach right there. And then I got so bored. I was just like, you know what, let's do, then they press, actually they play the music. The girls just start doing the steps and they're just doing it and they're just doing it. And I'm like, you know what, this is not going to happen. I literally got there and I'm like, let's stop the music so that this is fun for everyone. Mm. I see Karin Gabush. I see Fundi Senigas. Mm. And I mean, I can't blame the children because they they weren't dance teachers in their lifetime. They were just doing the dance. I had to stop it and be like, okay, guys, let's teach the dance. Okay, so let's count how many steps. Let's move this way. Let's move that way. But I wanted to say that it's it was hella confusing in that so many people, mm. you know, those steps that you do before or change the direction. Some mm. people do three steps. Some people do four steps. Some people change on four. Some people change and four. Some people change on four. Oh my and, God, you were um, so technical. <laughs> oh my God. Oh no, I would have had the kids sure teach me. You want to make sure that that it's easy so that everyone can keep it up and it keeps on going, you know, like so that when you turn, people aren't getting confused. And that's the thing is that when we were turning, we were all getting confused. I don't even know about the turn. Respectfully, I don't even know. I can't even say what the dance (laughs) looks like. I don't even know there was a turn. I don't know anything. I just knew the song. (laughs) Speaking of the Dude, song, it's a song sorry. by Master KG. Yeah. Yes, the song by Master KG. Do you think it was overly hyped? Um, because I remember there was a time because it was it, it blew up internationally before here properly. I mean, we said we had the song I'm like ah nice, and then uh, I remember there was a tweet going out that yeah, you South African people don't uh, appreciate uh, the music that comes out in 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 in. Imagine who is snapped, saying this now? Some some oh, idiot on Twitter, you know Twitter. And then um, Sipo's like, our oh, guys. Sipo's nice is like, our oh, guys. So, like, when a song comes, we must, like, we listen to it. We love the song. Like, obviously, it went viral because it's, like, almost everyone in the world loved it. But then, like, you can't say we don't like the song because what must we do now? Must we, like, just do every step challenge for any song that comes out? Or, like, what? Because people do share things on their stories. Like, it seemed ridiculous to say, like, oh, you guys don't support our music. We're like, dude, we do. We listen to it. We share on our yeah. stories. And not everyone has the same taste. But I wonder, were people, like, forced, like, you're at work. This must learn this routine. I must like this song. Or it was because internationally it was liked. And people are like, eh, our song. Yeah, we made it. It's almost like when we have our child go internationally. And we're like, yes, yes. And I used to walk him to school. Or is it just... Yes. <laughs> 
I'm just asking. I'm just curious. Um, can I answer you in asking you how did you experience it? Because we we are the real McCoy South Africans. If they're going to speak about South Africans and how South Africans experience the song, um, we are included in that count. And mm. our like the, the the experience of the South African is not a monolith, you know. Um, yeah. So for you personally. How did you come into interact with this song? Did you hear it here first? Did you love it here? Did it blow up for you here? Then the rest of the world joined? Or did it blow up in the world first before it blew up for you personally as a South African? I just feel like maybe sometimes it's a a thing of genre. It's not like you're you're closing off the song or the artist. Mm -mm. Maybe Now you're qualifying. Now you are qualifying and you're explaining. Person, before before we get into the into ah. the why you think it happened that way, how, explain to us your experience of the song. How did you take the song in? Did you hear it when it was released in November 2019 and thought this is a banger? And when ah, the rest no. of the world put up, you were like, we all knew it's it a banger. Welcome to South Africa. My life. Dun, 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 dun. I won't leave you behind. No. No, it was. I mean, it, it's. I just love that. Maybe also it came in a really nice time where we needed it as people, the world, yes, and you know, because yes. it, it was even said that internationally, this is one of the biggest songs that never needed translation. People, yes, you didn't have to be translated. Like it was like people got the message. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like oh, you go search whatever. No, they they got the message. So I feel like at the time that it came and what it did and how it brought people and gave people hope, whatever purpose and was 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 there but it wasn't like a you know like i don't know i don't want to say banger in that sense it was it was amazing that the people who made it viral then it got to a place where it created that thing as the world but for it to say it was a banger like (laughs) you know i will tell you my personal experience i did not know the song existed until i started seeing this jerusalem dance challenge in all honesty. So that goes to show you that when it started in November, um, someone like me, I wasn't necessarily blown away by the song and um, taken aback and, oh my goodness, we need to be dancing to this damn song each and every day type of vibe. Um, but then it blew up internationally and in it blowing up internationally, um, that's where it became a favorite for me. And that it's it's just as, as simple as that. Um, but I, I think your why is very true in that I'm not as plugged into all genres, local mm. genres of music. And it so happens to be that this, I mean, I'm a house fan, yes, but I'm not a Master KG fan. Like, he's not even on my radar. So... <laughs> I, not in a mean way. It's yeah, like, but yeah, honestly, it's facts. It's facts. So the song, I didn't catch wind of the song until the challenge came, you know? Um, mm. And that's honestly, it is what it is. So the song was released. It features the vocals of Nomnebo Zikote. It was released in November 2019. It started gaining international traction in the first quarter of 2020. To date, the song has been played over 200 million times on Spotify. Wow. Excuse me. The music video itself has... Excuse me. The music video itself has over 400 million plays on YouTube. Um, and on TikTok, the hashtag Jerusalem has over 
418 million views, whilst the hashtag Jerusalem Dance Challenge has over 200 million views on TikTok. The song is so big that it became the most Shazam song in history, and Master KG even walked away with Best African Act Award at the 2020 MTV European Music Awards. So it really does speak of um, the song was popular. It became popular. In writing the song, Unonnebo says um, that uh, last year, in 2019, not last year, in 2019, Master KG called late one evening to ask her to come to his studio in Midrand immediately to listen to beats he had just written. And she was close to giving up on her dreams at the time. Um, she had wanted to become a solo artist. So she was literally on the edge of just hanging her boots and being like, you know what, I ain't going to do this shit anymore. Mm, I'm going to start insurance. Says, um, <laughs> exactly. Um, she says that he called and he and she was like, Are you seriously telling me to come like now? To come now. And she says that he insisted. After listening to the beats, she asked if she could take them home to work on some lyrics, but Master KG refused. She chased him out of the studio so that she could think alone. She listened to the track two or three times before the first words came to her. Um, and she says that she started singing the opening lines in Isizulu, um, which is quite a popular language here in South Africa. Um, the lines, which mean Jerusalem, my home, guide me, take me with you, do mm. not leave me here. She says mm. that when all of this happened, when I was about to lose hope, she says, I wasn't focusing on being Beyonce. I was me, I was singing what I know, which touches back to that whole, it was Zulu, but like it honestly was like, it crossed genres, it crossed um, language barriers. Some people did re-record it, like I, I heard a Spanish version being recorded of the song um, from some Spanish singer and stuff like that, but for a majority of the time, um, the song was taken the way it was and it was loved by many people and people were dancing to it the way it was without changing the lyrics, without getting someone else to re-sing the song, you know? Mm. Mm. And she that goes on so to say, you know, yeah, she says, when you're singing in your own language, you are comfortable. That feeling resonates with the people. She says, so many cultures are loving Jerusalem. Jerusalem. They've even hey. made it their own culture. Oh, is that so? <laughs> no, I need to understand how they made it their own culture. I need, I really, I'm not, I want to understand. They made it their own culture by celebrating it. They're not oh. hearing what language that these people are, that the singer is speaking, okay. but they've made mm. it a song that they, they, mm. cultures, yeah, they've made it a song that exists in their popular culture in that time, you know, mm, especially mm, in mm. 2020, um, because the song became, um, just such a great song for creating a global sense mm. of community. So now the thing is, if you're a South African, maybe uh, maybe one or two of you out there listening to the podcast are also thinking, you know what, Punta and Bongani are actually telling the truth. I didn't know the song until it became popular. And that's because it wasn't as popular when it was first released in November 2019. Yes, it took over the summer here in South Africa and people were mm. enjoying it. But internationally, it wasn't um, on such a level. Not until um, an Angola dancing troupe of friends mm -hmm. decided to do a video to it. And they uploaded a video of themselves dancing to it. 
and they did some choreography and then from then on that's when it started blowing up it blew up in bucharest where a video was uploaded that had two million views a school here in SA also uploaded a video that had three million views but that's when the hype for the song started blowing up and it started snowballing as they say mm-hmm. <laughs> yes sorry i'm listening <laughs> It started snowballing, and then this is when things actually started snowballing for the corporate people, if I may say. Because <laughs> we, we all got too excited, even Sorrel himself. He's like, ah, hey guys, let's dance, let's dance. Um, yes. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, exactly. Earlier on, we were speaking about the global sense of community and it was perfect because um, the song was speaking about um, remove me from here, take me to a place where all my dreams are coming true, take uh. me to my home. And that, that's the spirit of what was happening during COVID-19 in quarantine. The lyrics mm. are literally saying, take me to a better place. And that's translated throughout the world. Everyone wants wanting that feeling of escapism, of wanting to be in a better place, in a better time. And therefore, mm. that's how it created that sense of global community with Master KG even saying that it's, and I quote, it's so beautiful to see how Jerusalem has taken over the world, to see how far it has gone. The song did amazing at home. It ruled the streets and people created memories of the song so like sir like i nearly called you cyril like bunsa was saying <laughs> cyril started saying mzansi dance to the song heritage mm. day was coming up um and he was saying we need to use the song to celebrate our heritage and this was in 2020 he's quoted as saying um and there can be no better celebration of our south africanness than joining the global phenomenon that is the Jerusalem Dance Challenge. So I urge all of you to take up this challenge on Heritage Day and show the world what we are capable of. Mm. I must say to you, out of all the democratic presidents we've had thus far, it would only make sense that it is in Cupcake's tenure that we have a viral South African dance challenge that... Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this this if anything is to be a perfect metaphor for Cyril Ramaphosa's presidency thus far, it would be the Jerusalem Dance Challenge. Mm. Everyone knows of it, everyone does it, everyone is aware of it, but is it changing our lives? Nope. No. Not really. No, not really. <laughs> and, and that is the ramaphoria that everyone speaks about, you know. Um, I just thought I should throw that in there as a side comment because mm. what's, what's, what, you know what I got to is because I was just like, yeah, it would make sense that it was only during um, Cyril's time that we have a global dance challenge based in yeah, South Africa. Yeah, to distract from us from the billions <laughs> that disappeared. <laughs> to just... Exactly, the exactly. 500 billion. And that's what people were saying. Yeah. And instead of asking where the money is, we are told to dance and yeah. not to ah, go dance. ahead and in, dance in, in, in. Little not like idiots, we were doing that. Because I think we're happy that we know because it's Jerusalem challenge, we're going to knock off earlier so we can do the dance. Ah, Ganti, I'm a millions. I'm a million. I logo. I So on Twitter account. there was a thing. Mm-hmm. 
On Twitter, there was a thing, and I can only find um, three tweets that related to this specific thing yeah. about how the dance was taken from um, the culture of the case. We're going to get into the lawsuit. Mm. Um, we're definitely going to get into it. I just want us to honestly just give a background on mm. how ubiquitous the song was. Like, there was no escaping it. And as such, there was some backlash that came out of that. And one of which was that the dance routine was taken from gay culture in South Africa. Do you remember seeing this dance routine in the streets of Pretoria? No, I don't remember. Let me tell well, you something. I do. I don't yeah. remember because I don't know what this dance looks like. Kistepu. Marakistepu seleba shapas pachukara in it. Ah. Yeah. Mara okay. before you change shapa pachukara. Instead of instead of going down and down and down and uh-huh. down, you just change so instead of doing the pachukara, they just change um they just do pull changes and one and two. You busy do a pull change and ah. one and two and three. Lasha. Then you ah. change instead of busy. One. Uh, uh, oh, okay, two, I see it. That uh, is such uh, a great uh, description. <laughs> that is such a great That's description. A yeah. No, no, thank, thank you. <laughs> so, so I can tell you, I've definitely seen this dance, this muddy, this this modification, this version of a step where instead mm. of instead of instead of lago one two three, instead of going down and touching the ground, people. And I saw it from gay culture as well on the streets of Pretoria back when I was a student at TUT. And mm-hmm. um, this was in, um, I've never been to La Candina, but in spaces like the square where you guys are all dancing in the square. Yeah. Next thing you know, routine. And mm. next thing you know, oh, this is a step with the pachukada. Now it's so young and a type mm-hmm. of art. So I also saw it there. And a lot of people were saying, Uguti, um, I don't want to say a lot of people because you, you're not going to find it easily. But I remember when the song and the dance challenge was blowing up, um, that's, that, that, that is something that um, I kept seeing on my timeline. A lot of people who are part of the gay culture say, you know what, this dance is a dance that we used to do in the mm. clubs. And I definitely know that I've seen it on the streets of Pretoria. But um, basically, the dance challenge became a thing to the point where Jerusalem Dance Challenge was a popular hashtag. People were uploading videos of themselves doing this dance challenge. And not just everyday people, businesses as well. Mm, mm-hmm. So businesses would get their stuff dressed up in, in the business uniform mm-hmm. um, more often than not. On business, <laughs> on company property. Uh-huh. More often than not, in some sort of a formation, doing the routine. And what you started seeing is that um, whilst they're busy doing this routine, it looked great, it sounded great, but you would find out stories of the people behind that. So um, why it became very popular during COVID is that it became a very uh, uh, an, an anthem of hope. So we started mm. seeing a lot of frontline workers um nurses and doctors oh, also doing so this nice. routine yeah fire responders doing mm. this routine policemen policemen and women um doing this routine and it pay, it became that symbol of hope that you know mm. what we're facing mm. a tough time but uh the jerusalem that we're all praying for is on the other side of this and we all mm. just need to keep on keep keeping on you know mm-hmm. um but then then Warner Music was like, no, 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 
no, I don't think I like this. No, 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 no. Earlier on this year, February, Warner Music started demanding licensing fees from all of these companies that are mm. using this song. So Master mm. KG is um, partially contracted under Warner Music. Mm. And they started going to all of these and it became quite popular in Germany because they came after um, a fire brigade in Germany. Because if you think about it, these companies, it was a form of advertising. But a fire think brigade, Bongani. Uh, but think about it. I am looking up Jerusalem Challenge and all of a sudden, your company, which I never would have come across averagely on my timeline is now on my timeline and now I am interacting with your content purely by you just using a song that is popular. So now you are sort of gaining advertising. I, I guess it's, like it's like when a, a topic is trending on Twitter in South Africa, you know, they say you must catch it hot in Zanzi because after because the first 30 minutes, <laughs> then it's... <laughs> It's a fucking flea market. Just <laughs> <laughs> I hate Where it so much. Scroll and scroll and, and scroll, scroll to find what are people talking about. Okay, I, okay, I hear what so, you're saying, but like, you gotta okay. understand that's that's the same technique, you know? It's no, free but advertising in that sense. The Nestle Unless it's a private company trying to do that, then I don't understand. But, but which private Bada? company was Bada? not doing it? From my understanding, the issue was if the companies were making profit from it. Like, so, because we were all doing it on TikTok. So, were they all going to say that we must all pay? Well, I mean, no, no, no. But I think maybe... The uh, difference would be if I'm I'm posting it as Bonsana's like, oh, challenge. And then Michali's posting it as the theme song to the Maybelline thing that she's doing. Then that's like problematic. Like, uh uh-uh, you're using this. Yeah. Blah blah blah. That's how I understood it. I didn't know like everyone was like, "You get a lawsuit. You get a lawsuit. Everybody gets a lawsuit." You are absolutely right. To the point where Warner Music even went out to clarify that private persons would not be fined or need oh. to obtain a license to use Jerusalem as part of the challenge mm. um, in Germany, Austria, and Switzerland and other countries. But the record company's stance is different if there is an advertising or image promoting effect mm. in favor of an institution organization or company now the thing is it's written in plain english né? but then when you listen to the part where it says or image promoting effect in favor of an institution organization or company that literally means Anything that shows your logo mm, is promoting mm. your company. Do you yes. get what I'm saying? I get you. I definitely do agree with you that the nurses, the doctors, the fire brigade people, they don't need to be paying. But mm. the mere fact that how they went, how Warner Music went about this lawsuit is that anything that shows an image that's promoting something about your organization is good enough to be seen as advertising. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. That so is. So in that sense, in that sense, it does make it seem like, okay, now I understand why they're making the fire brigade people pay for licensing. Because most mm. of these companies um, uh, 
took it, took the song and did the video and uploaded it onto YouTube. Now think about it this way. You and I both know how YouTube works. Your video gets popular and gets views. What happens? AdSense starts reaching out. They tell you about the ads that they can put on and how much you can earn and stuff like that. And that becomes passive residual income for your company. How many people were YouTubing hashtag Jerusalem challenge? How many companies got views from just posting their Jerusalem Challenge video on their YouTube, mm, you know? Mm, 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 it might be their only video with 58,000 views, but it is views. And as long as your company logo is showing up somewhere there, you don't know if someone in your area was like, oh, let me just call them because I do need someone to fix my glass or I do mm, need someone mm, to mm, do mm, this. Mm, that's true. Here's a company that looks like they do this. Let me just contact them. And that is purely from this person looking at the Jerusalem Challenge just procrastinating instead of dealing with their plumbing. Ganti, they come across a, pum- a plumbing company that is doing the Jerusalem Challenge and they decide, you know what? I might as well call these guys in any case. And then they call them and these people get a business now from mm. them doing the Jerusalem Challenge. Whereas Umasta KG and Warner Music don't get any money at all. But I wanted to also say that with the Warner Music, actually, they were actually very nice to say uh, before they actually made the big announcement, the big companies who were doing it, they had already um, told them that, guys, you have to buy a license uh, to be able to use the oh, music really? or whatever. Yes, before it wasn't like even just like an announcement that everybody was doing this. No, they went to the however way they were approaching the people. I don't know how they selected which one is worth the thing and which one. Because there are small, small businesses that were doing like e-commerce businesses um, that did the challenge. But obviously... If I don't think they went for them, but like whatever, if you were Sobey, I know Sobey also got involved or whatever. If you were involved, they had already told you ahead because they use the analogy, Yahorim, during Christmas time, there's like maybe a specific Maria Carey song that's trending or Ariana Grande or whatever South African song we have for Christmas. If that one's trending and if they're going to use that to be the, the what thought song, Donna Claire or Mr. Price has to, it has to be licensed. And I didn't know that was a thing. I just thought, oh, well, the music is yeah. just playing for us in the thing. I'm like, no, you have to have rights to be able to play some, actually all the songs. And that's why some of the, thing, yes. uh, the shops have stations. I was like, I wasn't actually that clued up on that because for you to create that ambiance that works in the, in the shop and keep the people going and upbeat or excited or even either sad or whatever aesthetic or, and beyond your building, bring into the you have to pay the artist the music. I remember when I was working at the interior design I was speaking about earlier on. Mm-hmm. Um, the the company that was working right next door to them, we tend to often share a space. And it's a showroom, so people are walking in in and out randomly throughout the day. And they used to play the radio. If not the radio, they used to play some CDs or something like that. Mm-mm-mm. And they got a letter from Samro saying to them. We're aware that you're playing music in your space um, for people to walk through and people experience. You're going to need to start paying royalties for that music. And it is honestly that serious. That's why some companies would rather have clicks radio or pick and pay radio Mm. where they know we're going to be sitting in ambience, but also whilst we're sitting in ambience, we're going to push isn't as a good promotion. But the best way to keep track of... um, what songs you are playing is by way of having some sort of body that's taking care of that. And a radio station is the best body to be taking care mm. of that. Because what, what they do then, how Samro calculates how much you owe or how much you need to pay is based on how many um, 
your foot traffic. So you'd need to submit foot traffic. You'd need to submit sales and you'd need to submit a list of songs that were played, when the songs were played and how many times the songs were played in that month. And then Samra will calculate, okay, to this person, you're going to pay. To this person, you're going to pay. But send us this lump sum and then they're going to divide those payments accordingly to how they need to go. And it's very important that they do that because this is all about intellectual property. Now, for those of you who don't know, intellectual property protects the creations of the mind. And um, you you tend to, you'll see why it's very difficult to... um, protect the creations of the mind because first of all an idea if you believe an idea is yours and yours alone Mm -hmm. you are sorely mistaken there is nothing new under the sun to the point where there is a school of thought that ideas actually move from person to person an idea will come to you it'll stay with you and if you don't act on it especially as a creative a lot of creatives will understand this if Uh. you don't act on it it mm. moves. Next thing, the idea you had, someone else is staging a show with that name or they, mm. they've written a song that sounds very similar to this idea you had and you're thinking, but I didn't even share this idea with anyone. How is this person having a song that has a similar melody than mine? But mm. I, don't, I don't, instead of going up, I go down, you know, type of things. Ideas don't stay. That's why it's very important that once an idea is manifested by way of it being written sung, actioned, whatever, it needs to be protected because the mind, they, I can't print off, you know, in a computer, if you type in a lot of the crime documentaries I've watched, when people write a fake suicide note for someone they've killed, forensic, um, what you call this, computer people are able to go into your computer and find that draft that you first created on a specific day and then you deleted and then... But the mind, you can't do that. You can't Mm. prove to me that I wrote this poem in my head. I can't print something that shows you. Someone can't connect things and then they can get into my brain and find the deleted section Mm. or the ideas section of my brain and see Mm. that. That's why intellectual property is so, I mean... Oh, who's this? Robin Thicke and Farrell went through a whole lawsuit for intellectual property for infringing on the copyright of um, Bobby Brown. Is it Bobby Brown? Uh, Come on. (laughs) Blurred lines. Um, James Brown, his family. His family, like, I mean, Robin Thicke and Farrell said they were inspired by um, James Brown when they wrote that song mm. to the point where they tried to emulate his style but they got it so close and so right that even his family sued and the family ended up winning because it sounded so much like a James Brown thing you know yes. so copywriting um, is basically how authors um, protect their intellectual property they protect it's copyright is how they protect the ideas of their mind Mm -hmm. and copyright just basically means that the author can use their work for profit and also be credited over it so the the author has monopoly over the use of that item and copyright is twofold it's got the economic aspect where um it speaks about the financial gain and the moral right which speaks about recognition which speaks about um crediting someone for their work, you know? Um, It's a huge thing on the online space. If you put up a picture and it's not your picture and you don't credit the original person of the picture who took the picture or something like that. The only tricky thing, yeah, it is a big deal. The only thing about copyright law is that it's territorial. So the copyright laws in South Africa might not be the same 
is the copyright laws in New Guinea or the UK or Angola or anything like that. But generally, there is this thing where there is a blanket copyright where as an author, you own a piece of intellectual property that you come up with. Um, if it's a poem, if it's a song, and you own it for your lifetime. Once mm. you die, you then own it for 50 years thereafter. So depending on who you leave your things to, who you say, Spanbani should receive all my monies from my estate, Spanbani should receive this, Spanbani should receive that. Those people for 50 years after you die will be receiving um, those those benefits, those economic um, um, finances gains from the usage of your intellectual property. So a lot of people were very disappointed when Warner Music started going out to these companies. And I'm so glad Why were they disappointed? The fact that they were disappointed because they were like, like this is a song that everyone is enjoying, oh. everyone is using. Are you going to come after me now for posting it with me and my family? Mm-hmm. Why can't you just let everyone in this dark time celebrate and come together and stuff like can that? Can I add? But what, what I think, yeah, you can add off to this. What I think mm-hmm. people are missing is once you understand that copyright is for your lifetime as the author, as Master KG and Nomnebo, mm. they will keep earning from the song until the day they die. And once they die, for 50 years after their family is going to earn from that. Is that not speaking to generational wealth? Is that not t- touching on generational wealth? It is. And I wanted to add that. Why is it every time when it's... You know, when you're an artist, there's always sometimes people who will just want to find loopholes to how they can't pay. <laughs> yeah. Even with something yes. such an international sensation, people are going to be like, yo, uh-uh, when are you being greedy? It's just like, but what do you mean? But... Yes, I wrote this it's from always, my brain. And if, if, and if people are going to profit off of it, I deserve to profit off of it too. Exactly. Me, and if not anyone. Uh-huh. And I like that you mentioned that Anungaiwa was about, was at, at the brink of giving up on this career and everything. So if this is going to be Imagine. like, I'm, I don't know if she's released other music or whatever, but like, if this was only going to be yes, the only is. thing that she was going to release or work on, then she should be able to get and be fed and, you know, live on her talent, even if it was just a short-lived or if it's going to be continuous. But it mustn't be like, ah, what guys, we made it popular. Why do you guys want more? It's just like, what the hell? I feel like, yes, it was like, ah, you guys are killing the vibe, but I don't think there's anything wrong with this. I feel like they have to do this. Um, and it's a good thing that yes. it's going to be a generational wealth thing that it got to a point that it touched so many people and it came out at a, at a certain time. But like, I feel like artists are deserving. We all should be actually living or having a team as vigilant as uh, Master KG's one, you know, because other people's teams, because I even know with YouTube, like if you maybe I, I know I've used a lot of South African music before I even understood what copywriting was. Um, yeah. But in, I, I wouldn't understand, like, every time I do put an international song, before I understood what copyright and things like that, um, an international song, immediately I would know that, hey, copyright strike, this video, when it makes money, a portion or whatever amount yeah. is going to the owner. <laughs> like, when you load it already, owner, the, yes. the people uh, know. But then, then some South African songs where it, like, it doesn't, like, it's like, it's, and it's a big star, someone big, like, and it'll vary what songs or which project, and then the songs... I'll never get a strike for it. And I was just like, 
some teams are not as hands-on. And apparently some people, you can even uh, directly go to someone's team and say, hey, I know YouTube has this rule, but can I specifically, like Simon Spanza with that rigorous song, um, can I please use the song? And it can be excused. There can be a way where YouTube knows that this one I won't get a strike because whatever, whatever, whatever. But what I find interesting is that I get usually, um, if you're on Spotify or whatever, we just download, listen music, live stream, and people don't necessarily always yeah. buy music, right? But I, I saw with yeah. Best Rest, um, she has, like when she, she uploads a video and she's using a popular song, um, she waits for mm-hmm. like the agreement back and forth with YouTube and the team of the people. She's like, guys, sorry, my video is done, but I'm just waiting oh, for... Oh, really? Yes, my video is done, but I'm just waiting for YouTube to communicate. So sometimes if I bought the song, I can show proof. Not that I own it, but it's, I think... Correct me if I'm wrong, if somebody knows, but it's the equivalent of what when you're speaking about this whole thing of um, baby dang, when you're buying license. So because when I buy a CD, it's my copyright. I bought that. I'm not just streaming yes, it. Yes. So there's also that. There's also that, that that level of copyright because some people do use original music. But then they say, um, they'll say things along the lines of, I'm waiting for you to confirm because I bought the song. If I bought the song, I'm not saying it's, I own it because I did it like Beyonce. I created it with Beyonce, but I bought the song. So then you have to show something yeah. that proves that it's not just you just using and abusing the artist's work and whatever. But you're saying that I didn't just get, I'm not, it's not for free. Here it is. It shows that on Apple that it's my song that I own. I wonder where... Yeah, no. Mm, where those lines lie and Uh, i think it's quite an interesting one because when you are buying that song itunes apple music and all of them are assuming you're buying it for personal use mm. see that's the thing so personal use is in your car in your home and everything like that and i think that's why someone like best dress would then go through a whole process with youtube i mean it would be very easy for us to all to say Um, not to say that we all buy these songs because probably we ought to stream them off Spotify or something like that. Mm. But then, I mean, when you're looking at a song individually on iTunes, a song for 7 rand 99 cents or 14 rands or something like that, I could easily buy that um, compared to buying the whole album, Yeah, Master KG. Mm, But still, mm, mm, the mm. mere fact that I'm buying it for 14.99, once I upload it on YouTube with my video, there's a good chance that I could get millions of views and therefore AdSense from YouTube is going to definitely from Google is definitely going to pay me more than fourteen ninety nine. Mm, so I do mm, think mm. I do agree with you that yes, there is that sort of um, uh, uh, bureaucracy, if that's the right word, um, bureaucratic procedures that you can follow to get yourself um, permission to use the song. But I do want to just caution our listeners that when you are buying these songs, you are buying them for personal use. They're not mm. they they they're not assuming they're not selling it. To, to everyone off of the basis that everyone is going to go shoot a YouTube video, use the song and mm. then potentially of gain millions of viewers off of, um, cause that's the thing is that you might find, you need to understand it from the sense that your video might be crappy and the saving grace in your video is that song. That Do you is hear so what I'm true. saying? Yeah. There's so many layers that, to it. The saving grace can just be that song. And mm. therefore, for you to just be like, no, but why should I be giving them money when I'm bringing them advertising through my mm. videos? It mm. can't work like that. Someone it might can't. honestly be stomaching your personality and your <laughs> shaky camera angles <laughs> and your bad lighting just mm-hmm. so that they can get to that song. And they just love listening to that song and they're just dealing with you. 
just so that they can listen to that song. So yeah, especially we, if it's um, a popular need, song. Especially if it's a popular song. I uh, mean, uh, there's a lawyer out here who says legally the matter is clear. The song is protected by copyright and may not be distributed without consent. And mm. that's the thing about places like YouTube. It allows you to easily distribute without the consent. It says here the author must also be doesn't. asked before. Well, yes, in that sense, if if the people's team is keeping up to their shit. That's yes. what I'm trying to say. Like, if they if they are making sure that they're coming after each copyright and they've registered the song on YouTube and everything like that, and they're making sure there's a strike, then it's it doesn't. But just in terms of the fact that um, if it goes unchecked, I can potentially use the song to make myself popular on the platform. That but it still exists, you know. Yes, it's a great note though for South African. Um music though because i i don't think that's really a major issue internationally like that 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 if just the moment you you put that song and it's like they're like this is our song copyright strike done that the song doesn't even have to go in two minutes okay that's yeah. us copyright strike that's this bitch you know done. what i mean so i think yeah. in south africa they and need to they need to get on top of that because that's how maybe some most people are use are losing money because a lot of people even in their um advertising not advertising what do you call this like when you, you know influencers when they do ads also to that level when you're using my music to enhance whatever that's still um wrong so people don't yes. know because i know even um parking instagram i think when i was doing my reels it, it there was this i was using all the music but there was this one specific song they're like no no you're not, you're not using this one i was like but one. i'm not using it for money and i'll just dispute dispute they're like no this one, no. Because the people are that strict with that song that you're not going to do it for your reels or to push whatever thing you're doing here on, on, on thingy. But I just think it's a, for me, the lesson here is that I really like that there's that, those things that, um, that, that govern, if I could say, how, how it feels like we would have a yeah. union as, as artists. You know, if we're on, if yes. you're on the other end, you may feel like, yo, what a potty pooper. But like, generations to come we've got things like the lion king we can have things like jerusalem you never know what you make or it's like wrong but i feel like i love that there's the laws that really protect us for, for us to not just like be just like yo wow bongani was a hit yes bongani was a hit for those 10 years yo but like we don't want that anymore so no um, i definitely agree hmm, with you yeah yo, that's i really, definitely really, agree with you in that yeah. sense and and for me that's why it's so important if you're a creative out there, if you're an artist and you're listening to this, mm. you need to start looking at um, copyright as and a passive so income lightly, stream. Hey? Yeah, you need to look at copyright as a passive income stream. Go write, keep writing your poetry, keep writing your plays, keep writing your songs. One day, hopefully one of those things will be so loved and it will be so big that mm. it will be used over and over that even when you die for 50 years thereafter your family is using it and no one has and and not no your family is using it people are using it and they have to pay your family the only reason shakespeare's poems you can find them anywhere on the net is because his copyright period is over that 50 years after he's died it's over so your 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 materials your work mm. become 
they sit in the public domain, meaning anyone can get anything for free of your work um, 50 years after you've died. So if you think about it, you're living until you're 70, then you die and there's still 50 years after that. That could help even get your grandchildren mm. into school, into varsity, at least put down that registration fee as if it's 3,000 rand mm. off of your Jerusalem. <laughs> A classic example. <laughs> a classic example of this is um the song Imube. 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 So that song you need to go check out on Netflix. Netflix has a, a, a um what you call this, a documentary titled The Lion Sleeps Tonight. This man's family, I'm trying to find the author again um of this song. Um, he, he wrote the song, Solomon Linda, he wrote the song and someone took a tape and took it to whoever and took it to whoever. And eventually it ended up in the States and it became this huge song in the States. Um, they renamed it to a whim away, a whim away, a whim away. <laughs> and then they started doing the lion sleeps Americans tonight. Americans are so damn disrespectful, guys. They are so disrespectful. <laughs> so what basically happened is that um, he and his copyright, he went through a lot and his family went through a lot. Basically from it, from them trying to prove that his song, the song was his till eventually they proved that it, the song was his. Disney used it in The Lion King. Um, they used it in The Lion Sleeps Tonight. And then what they did is for this live action remake, they realized that, oh, wait a minute, this song is very close to expiring in its copyright period after he has died. It's very close to the 50 years. So let's not release The Lion King live reaction. Let's not release it now. Let's wait a year or two. Then we'll release it and we won't have to pay him and his family for copyright because mm. the song is in public domain, which is why Beyonce even decided, well, you know what, I'm going to do the gift and do this, this, this retelling of The Lion King. And she used the song so mm. that she can make sure that she carries on paying the family after watching the documentary on Netflix about mm. how Disney ill-treated his family. So you need to realize that in order for us to break the system, to fight the structural inequities and fight all of this structural mm. oppression that we feel from the white man is in ways like this. When we try and break through the white man's financial system, mm. it's in generational wealth, making sure that our great-grandchildren are already rich. And when you're able to do it through something as passive as copyright, you just need one stroke, 15-minute stroke of genius. She wrote, she listened to the song two, three times, the beats two, three times, asked mm. Master KG to leave, and then came back and she had the song that now is going to feed her and Master KG's family for the next how many years? Mm. 50 years until after they die. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm, mm, so we need to seriously think about it on that level. As, apart from, oh, Labantu Laba, they just want to spoil everyone's fun. They want everyone to stop having fun. And they want to make money out of it. And they're getting enough advertising from everyone doing this challenge, um, etc., etc. Mm. But it's also about the intellectual labor that the artists and the authors put in and then being compensated for that. For me, one of the biggest takeaways is this, um, this 
discussion and this debate mm. of um uh it must be questioned from the pers- it says here in an article unauthorized use must be questioned from the perspective of solidarity it's short-sighted to just see a greedy music company behind the case musicians are also suffering financially from the pandemic if a song is used without permission the artist will lose royalties and Yes, it's a feel-good song that's making everyone feel good. Maybe um, you might say, it's a feel-good song for everyone. Why are you coming after the fire brigade? Why are you coming Mm -hmm. after everyone? When it's lifting everyone out of a difficult moment. But also, the authors themselves are living in a difficult moment. And for them to be paid for the song that's lifting everyone else up, will help them get lifted out of the situation. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I don't think everyone so looks at think, it like that. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's a very interesting issue. And we've had a lot of masterclass lessons from the Blurred Lines lawsuit to Imbube by Solomon Linda mm. to now we're seeing this in our contemporary times where we're seeing someone. I mean, did you see that video of this um, international talent competition that had this white woman go undercover as Nomnebo to sing the song? Oh, I remember. On their that talent was so stage. disgusting. Yeah. That, that was disgusting. It definitely was. But then things like, uh, and I'm not saying um, copyright is the solution behind that, um, but that's that's the level of exploitation. feeling. So I understand Warner Music having to get up and say, let's let's sue these yeah, people. Let's and also do let's something not about with this. the bag. It's a, it's, it's a pandemic. A lot of people are losing money. We're not losing money. Exactly. You guys want to have fun. Sorry. Exactly. Mm. And now you are doing this advertising because anytime anyone types in hashtag Jerusalem at Dance Challenge, they could potentially come across your company, whether they expect to or not. And how many of those actually started using your services based because they love the way Lisha Bling Pachukada before you change? True. Change. True. Hey, yeah. It's a tough well, one. But we'll it's learn. A, it's, yeah, it's a tough Emphasis. one that's just filled with the lesson. As yes. artists, Get into copyright and make sure you 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 fit your coins when people are stepping on your territory. <laughs> True that. <laughs> uh, let's leave it there for the Jerusalem lawsuit challenge, and let's get into closing up the rest of the rewind. recap. You're listening to the rewind. Come on. Word on the street. Here we go again. So earlier on, we were asking you what it is that you do on a Sunday to make sure that you have a productive week ahead. Some of you have sent us voice notes and we're just going to close the segment off by listening to one more Zantian and hear what they have to say about what they do to make sure that they have a productive week. What do they do on a Sunday, that is? To prepare for like a productive week on Sundays, I usually um, take the Sunday off, right? Oh? To like relax and just blow yes. off steam. And I usually don't do any work on Sundays. Yes. So that on Mondays, I'm actually, you know, fully energized and everything. So I actually take time to do my hair if I want to, mm. you know, listen to good music, good food, mm. and just, you know, get a, a clear head for Mondays. Uh, yeah. Woman after Same my wavelength. Heart. Yeah. Yes. Same wavelength. Put your feet up, do your hair, make mm. sure that you're getting a it good self hair routine. Mm. Spend some time with a lover, you know? Mm. Ooh, 
una whiny bongani just laying on the floor and just listening to good music oh ah uh, uh, this thing mm-hmm. of mary mcdelin this thing of whatever that people do with domestic ints you know on a sunday <laughs> <laughs> you can count me out. Mara, you just spoke about Sunday course. Sunday course is a labor of love. If you're going to be making those seven colors, wabereka. I mean, no, there's no, no, no. way about also, it. Also, it's the 21st century again. Either you have the option, there's people who can afford to buy pre, pre-chopped vegetables, or you have the option to mm. like, maybe, um, I like um, having things prepped ahead. Like, so I'll chop my vegetables. So if they're bought, they're already frozen. So if it's spinach uh, or it's bought, it's not going to stay in the fridge like that. I already chop it already as we go, put it in a plastic freezer. Meat, separated freezer. Oh, Everything's nice. already. So when you just pull it out in the fridge, even my smoothies, uh, when they come, it's already done in a plastic. When I put it in the, in the blender, it comes in as a smoothie. It's done. All the ingredients are there that are vegetables and the dry ingredients come in after water and ice done. This thing of having, I must still start again in the morning. No, I'm not doing that. So if you can't Can do you it, please ahead write and you a book have... with all your hacks. <laughs> I will do that. But I mean, if you can't do it ahead and you don't have time, I would suggest maybe. Also, you see, Saturdays are also for good times. I don't have time to be prepping. You see, I don't know. Yeah, like it just yeah. sounds like a lot. I have a lot of time with all my things, but that is my thing. Like when they come already from the shop, you have energy. So for me, that... it's the constant adulting. Ish. How do you conquer the constant adulting? For you but to say, when easier, the minute I bring these things back from the groceries, I'm already chopping, I'm already segmenting. It's just on Monday. Let's say you do your groceries on Monday. It's just really Monday. And then the whole week is free. Like, it's relaxed. Not every single day when I cook, I'm chopping. Telling you, I don't even mind chopping down to the onion, like putting it in a freaking Tupperware. I'm not doing. Every time you cook, it must feel like yo. That's why people buy this uh pre uh pre watered ready meals from checkers or whatever because there's no time. Yes. We're trying to be millionaires. There you're is trying no to, time. You're trying to run a career, work a nine to five, run a career, be a criminal in South Africa. It's tough, so you don't have time to be chopping because you must have so many uh streams of incomes to even breathe just to even have an apartment running not even a house so imagine people have houses we can't do that so i feel like yeah sunday cost is a lot of work keep it simple if you can afford to eat out that would be really nice but if you can't baby girl you better get choppy okay <laughs> as as for as for being a criminal, <laughs> quite Hi, what well, honey, you it say seems like here yeah, everything you must be everything. I saw that tweet. Sorry, guys, I'm not a criminal. I saw a tweet to the show like <laughs> to survive in South Africa, you must have a nine to five, a side hustle, be a criminal, and then scam your boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, scam your boyfriend on top of that as well. <laughs> well, wow. Annie, why are you wow. so quiet? <laughs> Let's leave but it no, there for that now. Tweet, I laughed at that tweet. It's so funny because it's explaining our economic state that you can't even function, even if you had a side hustle. That's very true, though. That is very, no matter how many multiple streams of income you have, never, you still need to here. have more in South Africa. Mm. But it, the yeah. 10,000 is the new one came. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, have you seen how 35 Rand is the new 20 Rand? Every burger that was 20 Rand is now 35 Rand. Dude. One day that 35 Rand is going to be 50 Rand. I'm letting you know that now. And the product doesn't change. The same Big Mac, the prices are going up. Same size, same everything. Yeah. Yeah. Let's leave it there for now and let's actually close off the rest of the show right after this. Follow us. Follow us.
on Twitter and Instagram at the rewind underscore essay. And send an email to the rewind essay at gmail.com. Well, Mzansi, it's been a great show. I've enjoyed myself. Before Sivalele show, Ntanukbuza upona teko ponta malibio. Ogo tisisi wena. I'm a closing words. So, ngakonu kusipa wana. Ooh, I'm gonna have my closing words. Nishongi depleted. Like I said in the beginning of the show. So, it would be nice if you guys shared some closing words with me. I'm a closing words. So, I mean, as a So, I don't have closing words myself. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I don't have closing words myself, but it's been a great episode. Thank you so much for tuning in wherever you are. I think maybe Punza, we should let people know how they should consume this. I know Bazala my episode Mate nowadays. They are quite long. But you do not need to consume Actually, it. Actually, why don't in you put in a setting. so it doesn't seem like we're, we're, we have this podcast and we just listen to it and record it and listen. Put in a VN of our listeners and who share how they listen to our podcast. We do have a listeners who really care about us, who send VNs and tell us, you know, I listen to the podcast and like this. I feel like it'll be a nice moment to put it in there while we say bye. Yeah, I the tricky thing is that they they tend to add a lot of personal things mm-hmm. to that um discussion. And <laughs> Usa editor sisi usa yenza wenu logo susani na masikrets wabantu mara okay sisi yenza gachal oh it just seems like hey it's us only hey <laughs> like yo these people are they sure they have listeners <laughs> yes <laughs> so it's just nice when we put a bit of well, personal touch I will tell you Tato Rambedi and his whole family done listen to one of our episodes so that's good enough for me oh, okay. Well, I do I do want to give you some advice in terms of listening to the podcast. I know it's very long. You don't need to listen to all of it in one sitting. Think about it this way. You've got a full week to consume the podcast. We only release on Wednesdays. So maybe listen to a bit of it on Wednesday. Listen to a little bit more on Thursday, a little bit more on Friday, all the way until you get to Wednesday again and there's a whole brand new episode for you to consume. But also make sure that you give us your feedback at the rewind underscore in SA on Instagram and on Twitter, or you can send an email to info at the rewind podcast dot com. Um, I'm not asking you for closing words, but I just want to ask, is there something you want to say before we end it off, you know? No, I'm cool. <laughs> well, on 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 that note, that note, hope you have a great week further. Goodbye and peace. Bye. Peace. Bye. YouTube Digest. The, the Rewind. Ujiwa King. Am, am I saying this right? Ujiwa King. Press forward. Hello. Word on the street. <laughs>